Hi, James. Hi, Gabby. We're here live in person. We are live in person and we're here. Uh, we just gave Joey a pup cake from Sprinkles. It was probably one of the most iconic Joey experiences. Yeah. I'm glad I got it all on film, all the chaos. <laughs> um, a pup cake is a tiny uh, cupcake, but for dogs. A puppy cupcake. A little orange bone shape it's on it. So freaking cute. Um, but she put it in her mouth and tried to swallow it whole. <laughs> it was a little too big. It was like a snake. And then there was like that worry of like, is she okay? <laughs> but you know, dogs, dogs be dogging. Yeah. Um, we have some fun stuff to talk about today. We do. Wait, first of all, where are we? Where are we? Oh yeah, we didn't do that. We, because when we're actually together, it's like we're here. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't need to be as. But in the spirit of everything, everywhere, we should really decide. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. you're right. I mean, we are. In the rings of Saturn. Yes. On pillows. Um, made of Lithuanian linen. Mm. Um, and this guy actually hit on me in the poetry section oh. at Barnes and Noble yesterday, <laughs> and he was Lithuanian. Mm. And all I know about Lithuania is that they're like the linen epicenter. I didn't know that. And I was like, oh, Lithuania. He was like, yeah, you know, like he was like implying like I wouldn't really know anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, technically no, but. I was like, aren't you guys like linen, linen people in a linen convo? I had no idea. I only know that because of flax. Oh, the yeah. label says made in Lithuania. And right. then when I did research on them, um, I feel like I'm hearing in my head like a little baby being like, mommy, where does linen come from? <laughs> it's like that yeah. important to know. <laughs> the good stuff. Um, it's a windy day in Los Angeles. What is that blue rope? Is that a dog toy? It's a dog toy, but it's way too big for Joe. It's humongous. It's, but now it's sort of sculptural there. Yeah, no, it's like a toy for a Great Dane. It is very sculptural. Yeah. I like it a lot. Blues. We got it. I think we <clears throat> caught it online from fucking Chewy when we were ordering things online for our dog, and mm -hmm. it was way bigger than I thought it was going to be. It's giving me blue psychosis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I actually feel bad. <laughs> no, it's not. I need to heal myself. I have, I have four blue things on that shelf. Actually, um, five, kind of. Yeah. Oh, wait, dude. So Gabby had an incredible book reading. Oh, yeah, we should talk about That's related to a topic, too. Yeah. Well, let's see what we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. And we're going to talk about something sort of related to that, which was our original idea about the act of actively changing feelings mm -hmm. and sort of in the spirit of a nervous feeling can be an excited feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess like what? Moving through emotions. Um, but we thought of that because of the reading. We're also right. going to talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter with our predictable detached takes. Yeah. <laughs> I will defend a bit today. But the um, reading was fun. The yeah. reading was great. I was so happy to be there. Um, there were quite a few people there. It was like a full yes. house, which was great. The house was full. The house was full. If it would have been any fuller, I would have been like, let's clear the house a little bit. Yeah, it was warm in there. <laughs> it was one of those moments where enough bodies created a heater. Yeah. Which I appreciated. Um, but I really needed to wear my trench for like aesthetic protection. Sure. So I, I had it like kind of falling off my... Yeah. Um... My shoulders. Yeah, I don't remember what I was wearing, but I remember being a bit warm. Also, I totally had sweat stains, too, but I covered it up, which yeah. is fun. I kind of like sweat stains. They're very honest. They make people feel very honest. Totally. Like, yeah. whenever I see it, whether it's, like, you know, you'll see it in documentaries sometimes, like, on celebrities. You'll be like, oh, sweat stain. Yeah. And it's like, I like it. 
They're, they are kind of aesthetically beautiful because they're just like predictable in their shape. Yeah. Yeah. We all know them. I'll never forget going on a date. I, was, I guess I thought it was a date and I don't think he did. But this <laughs> dude drove out like across town to see me and I, I got out. I was so excited. I couldn't believe it. I went to give him a hug and he was like, oh, uh, and he sort of froze up and, mm. and it was because his back was super sweaty from the drive. Oh, wow. And then I could see the sweat on, you know, on the t-shirt mm -hmm. that had formed in my head. I was like, I just don't care. <laughs> like, I love you. Be mine. Sweat. Yeah. Sweat. Sweat is insane. Sweat is one of those things that, like, I always, what, tries, what I try to do to help me be okay with body ailments is I think to myself, like, if I sweated for the first time, if I ate, if I, like, pooped for the first time, it would be terrifying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, but I, that started with mosquito bites, where I was like, if I got my very first mosquito bite and it got all inflamed, I'd think I was dying. Totally. Or your period. If you got your period, but nobody knew what a period was. I know. <laughs> but then I'm like, how many health ailments, you know what I mean, should you just treat like it's a period until proven yeah. guilty? <laughs> just to not freak out. Totally, totally. Just to not pre-stress, you know, when yeah. something new happens. Not to WebMD it. Um, <clears throat> okay, so everything I've wrote, so tell me where you saw it, who, uh, first yeah. instincts, and we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, so I saw it, I guess, two weeks ago. Um, in the theater. How did uh, you find out about it? Was it word of mouth? Well, um, one of Chris's friends is like in like knows the directors mm. and through, you know, the, the Hollywood of it all. <laughs> the and, Hollywood um, grapevine. <laughs> and uh, so she's been talking about it on social media for a while. Mm. And she sort of knows what's up in terms of good things that are coming out. Mm -hmm. And so I had sort of pledged to her that I would see it in the theater. Nice. Um, because obviously it's important to do that, to support films. And uh, and so I did. Um, and it was so great. We saw it at the Los... Oh, my God. Joey just burped. I wonder if it... She burped the pup case. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, so we saw it at the Los Feliz Theater and... It was so great because it was such a tiny, tiny theater, and she has like shit on her face. It's from the bone that I gave her to oh. bring her quiet. And now she's just up in this <laughs> just, like burping and <laughs> swaying. Um, so yeah, we sat at the Los Feliz Theater. Uh, do you say Los Feliz or Los Feliz? I say Los Feliz now, but now uh, everyone's like I challenging really, me. I think I, I used to say Los Feliz, but it's everyone else says Los Feliz. Los so then I started saying it. I think I say Los Feliz now, but Los I remember Feliz. before, like, I used to always say Los Feliz, Los Feliz mm -hmm. which means the happy, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the happy. The happy. Los Feliz. Uh, so we saw it at the theater, and it was Los so Feliz. cute because we... <laughs> That's how you should say it, actually. Los Feliz. Yeah. Um, and, oh, okay, so basically in that theater, you can't reserve tickets, and it's a really, really small um, audience. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's that beautiful corner one. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And, or no, not on the corner, but on oh. Vermont. Okay, okay. That one's closed, mm -hmm. or it has been, but I think Quentin Tarantino brought it. Interesting. But he hasn't done anything. Anyway, so we went in, and so we were, like, maybe, like, five minutes early, and the entire place was packed, and it was a mm -hmm. Sunday night, which wow. was unexpected, and um, so we were like, what do we do, what do we do? There weren't any seats together, not 
except for the two in the very front, mm -hmm. which no one wants, especially for that the, that movie, which is cinema, you know, cinematography, mm -hmm. cinematography at its best. Cinematographized. Um, <laughs> and so there was a, a giant sort of gap in the back and then one seat in the back, and I realized it was sort of like for, if someone has a wheelchair, it can be a companion seat. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I told Chris, like, why don't you sit in the seat, and then if someone comes in in a wheelchair, obviously we'll move, but then we all stand next to you, and then we'll switch off, or like, mm. I'll sit in your lap or sit on the side. Oh, wow, was that packed. Crazy. Yeah, and so then this other couple came in, and they were obviously experiencing the same thing, but we had really taken the last good option, and so mm. they were sort of standing for a while, and then... They went and got an usher and got folding chairs, which was a, such an everything everywhere moment yeah. because it was like opening up another universe. <laughs> Alternate reality. And so the usher brought in these chairs. I was like, hey, can I get one too? And so he brought in one. And I was like all of a sudden sitting and it was incredible. Was it in the middle of the movie? No, it was before. It was oh, totally so before. you handled it before. That's it was cool. just such a cool moment where it was really just like, yeah. That's a really big thing, the power yeah. of asking. It's yeah. like you should always ask and just ask nicely and yeah. something happens. Because in my head I was like, could be a fire hazard if they even see me sitting here and if they see me sitting there I'll just tell them I'm moving like yeah. but it was like like no. you were just really trying not to burden anyone yeah that's very very yeah that's yeah. very everywhere all at once like the alternate yeah. reality where these chairs are just waiting for you and actually alternate reality is there were folding chairs right behind the seat that Chris was sitting in and I didn't even see them like wow wow, wow. tell me you about guys, it opportunities always around the corner or behind the seat um, some near vision that limits you. So it was an incredible, incredible experience seeing it. In, and I don't think I've seen a movie um, in a year in a theater. We went to like a Palm Springs movie festival for a second. Mm. And that was the only time I've been in a theater since COVID. So it, was, it really felt like a transformative thing. I saw a movie on Maui because they were allowing that. I saw Minari. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I, I really want to see that. With Jamie in the theater. It's just crazy to see movies in LA versus everywhere else because it's like everywhere else it's very like functional like it's mm -hmm. like these are the seats that we've always had and they're yeah. ripping open and there's our screen and like everywhere in LA there's like a whole thing. That's it's a shtick. Like, yeah, yeah. Like this sign has been here since this time and yeah. You know, there's premieres like you could just feel it. Yeah. I remember actually Minnie was saying when she saw she was in um, rural Oregon when mm. Star Wars came out mm. the one that was a big deal the new like yeah the, the new, new edition or was that like 2015 or something probably yeah and she said she missed LA so much because LA when there's a premiere like that everyone claps and like waits and like looks at the names and yeah yeah that's another misconception about LA I think it's like it's not that everyone's like industry and stuck up it's that like everyone's like industry and passionate oh you know? yeah like, you're not waiting to see we'll names live and to, die like, by it. social climates because <laughs> yeah. your friend might be in there. Yeah, know? absolutely. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, that sounds so fun. That's a beautiful theater to so do that. It was so fun to do. And we brought the little champagne bottle that you sent me for my birthday, and it was so, that. so cute. I also didn't know it was a mini one. Yeah. I thought it was a whole big one. <laughs> so it happens when you order online. But it was perfect, it was perfect for that experience because I couldn't have brought a huge one into the theater, but this was just in my little bag. <laughs> Cute. Also, I like, don't want to drink a whole bottle of champagne during a movie. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. this was perfect. We're it was so fucking fun. It's but like yeah. that meme that's like how it looked versus when it arrives. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just shrunken. The girl um, he told you not to worry about. <laughs> so how did you feel during? How Wait, did you feel after yeah. the movie? Okay, so... Or was there something? Well, I was going to ask you where you saw it. Oh, yeah. Okay, we can set our tones. Yeah. Um, I saw it yesterday at the Grove, and I was just alone all day, and then I went and saw it alone at the Grove. 
And Which is like a, for people that don't know, a big oh, shopping yeah. mall. Yeah, the Grove is like a big... Did you know that Rick Caruso designed it? Now he's running yeah, for governor. He it. No, he's running for mayor. Mayor, mayor, mayor. And the craziest thing to <laughs> me is he's running for Democrat because no Republican will ever be elected mayor of LA, mm. obviously. And so he switched his party affiliation like right before he ran, which is like mask off. Oh, really? I wonder if my yeah. mom knows that because she told me about it. Yeah, because I, I felt like he seemed like all of the malls that he's owned or designed or whatever, both of them, the Palisades one and the Grove, have like American flags everywhere and yeah. are like super like Americana. Yeah. But yeah, the Grove is <laughs> <Sorry. artist> man. <laughs> That's I have some hits. Yeah, it's just like a big, flashy outdoor mall, but... But it's a legendary spot. Yeah, it's yeah. not just, it's not, I don't know, like some malls can feel really shallow. This one, it's like so much has been preserved. They still have like a huge Barnes & Noble. There's the farmer's market there. Yeah, there's beautiful like um, <laughs> fountains and it's very, it feels like a lot of people can go there and have a good time whether or not you want to buy something, which totally. is so, not a lot of malls feel that way nowadays. Like, Yeah, it's very window shop friendly and it's yeah. also so many flagship stores, which are, you know, stores that like are more than stores. They're like whole experiences. Yeah, yeah. So great place. But yeah, I saw it alone there and was I it, was in was it M18. Private? Um, no, it wasn't, no. It was just, like, it was just, like, a really kind of, maybe, like, 30 people kind of, like, in the center. Mm. But I did buy the ticket <clears throat> from this guy, and I was, like, I was, like, yeah, I hadn't heard of it, but just so many people told me to watch it. And he was, like, yeah, that's actually what happened was it came out a month ago, and nobody was watching it, and then word of mouth just exploded it. And I was, yeah. like, I love when that happens because... We used to see that happen all the time with landmark movies. Yeah. Because my sister used to work at the Landmark Theater, which is like an indie theater. And this, these movies would come out, and then they would slowly gain speed, like literally just from people liking it, which yeah. I love because it feels so natural. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it would go in a big theater after like literally one to two months in a small one. It's just nice to know that people still give a damn. The real burn. Yeah, I really, really loved it, and I think it's... um. I'm so happy to see that people are, are attaching to it. But it's also once you see the movie, you're like, how could you not love it? Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, I saw it, and while I was watching it, I was oh. sort of prepared for it to be a certain type of way because I knew that the Daniels, or the two directors, they're like music video directors, which is also something that Chris, because my boyfriend's a cinema, uh, DP, yeah. he's was like really excited about because they have like a sensibility that is different from other like narrative mm -hmm. uh, directors. And so I, I like knew it was going to be a good time, but I wasn't prepared for how zany it is. I almost felt mm -hmm. like, I don't know if you felt this way, but I was like, there should have been a seizure warning on it because some of oh those Oh my God, flashes, I felt the same way. Yeah. I had the same thought. I really am surprised I didn't have it because yeah. there's a one point where it's just, like even I was when her like, face I'm was shifting. Yeah. Like I had that moment, yeah, when her face was kept shifting towards the end kind of. I was like, yeah. wait, this movie has been like a seizure nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But they do something where I don't know, the way that they present the ideas are so it's not pretentious at all. It's so like um, like humorous mm -hmm. and um what is the word I'm looking for? Not bro humor, but sort of just like almost college humor vibes where yeah. there's, you know, butt plugs are a big part of yeah. a fight scene and you've yeah. kind of like, oh, okay, is this going to get me? And then it really yeah. ends up sneaking around and finding you emotionally because it's like quote. your yeah. defenses are down. 
I have a quote from them that actually says almost that exactly, mm, where yeah. he basically was saying <clears throat> in the LA Times article, I'll just read it. He says, when you stare at something for long enough, you can make anything meaningful. That's a desperate, dangerous thing, but it's also really beautiful. We need that right now because everyone is staring at everything and seeing no meaning at all. This movie is almost us trying to fight that by saying, look, rocks can make you cry. There's beauty and meaning in everything. It can be butt plug trophies. Yeah. <laughs> it can be family drama in a laundromat. We're putting them all on the same plane. There is no lowbrow or highbrow. It all exists, and we have to be okay with that. That's basically what you said, where it's like it feels like college humor, almost like slapsticky stuff, but it's like mixed with this like more profound theme. Yeah, exactly. Um... And that also makes it easier to get the point across because you're not, you don't have your intellect turned on where you're mm-hmm. like, I get these ideas because oh, I'm the smart yeah. one in the room. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're openly weeping. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I really think that's such a, a fascinating approach um, and so difficult to do because you can easily get like camp and no one, and then it just, you lose all meaning really. Mm-hmm. But, um, but it really was everything all at once because you saying that makes me think yeah it had like this college humory slapstick thing which usually exists alone in a movie that's like that through through and through it had like immigrant themes it had humor and drama and romance and uh, an homage to you know historical filmmaking as well yeah um which is really really i just yeah it was nuts it was so i mean elaborate on that what do you mean um, like the part where she goes, I don't, basically we should sort of, I guess, talk about the movie a little bit without too many spoilers so yeah. people sort of know, but it's this woman who is able to verse jump, which is sort of stepping into different universes. Um, and the verse jumping happens only by pretending you're there or like thinking you're there and then you get this urge to do something in this physical world so almost like you're putting together a spell but really really quickly and that um, physical thing that you do in this world brings you the powers of the other universe and so our main character um, and something that I love about her is she's so average and she's wanted to be so many different things and they sort of set that up right at the beginning but she she runs a failing laundromat, and but she's able to verse jump into all of these other lives that are happening simultaneously um, because she is the one that is not fulfilling any of them fully in like this current reality. And even the fact that our hero isn't like spectacular but is able to access all these spectacular parts of her is something that I... I thought was just so brilliant because we all feel so average um, nowadays. <laughs> Joey is attacking Gabby, but um, but yeah, the the part that I'm talking about, I'm gonna look it up exactly the name of the director. But the when she, so one of the places that she verse jumps to often is if she had still lived in China, mm-hmm. um, and if she hadn't left with the the man who she is now married to, and she becomes this like beautiful famous actress. And so I'll, I'll look up right now, but, um, but it's just really interesting the way they're able to blend all these different styles. Uh, 
I just, there was just something for everyone, which I never see, like, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, so there, so the part where she's in the, um, you know, in, in Back in China as this movie mm. star, it's referencing In the Mood for Love mm. and Maggie Chung and, and that sort of, like, uh, style where one character is completely on one side of the screen and the mm. other is on the other side. And that's, like, a specific thing. So they were referencing all these, like, beautiful parts of it. And also, Michelle Yeoh is, like, an actual legendary actress. Mm -hmm. And so the parts where they're showing her career as this famous actress in an alternate universe, they're using yeah. parts of her career. Well, because she was in Crazy Rich Asians, right? She was in Crazy Rich Asians. She was in um, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm. She was, she's been in a lot of things, and she's, like, a real... Um, <clears throat> I don't know, she's just a real legend, and she's finally, like, gotten this crazy role to embody all those things at once, which is so wild. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. So, anyway, that's what I loved about it, I think. The, but also this idea that everything is important because nothing is important mm -hmm. is something that, like, I feel like I live my life by in so many ways, and that's why, like, for me... Seeing it, I felt like this is so profound and so mm. simple at the same time. And it, like... Which is that same theme. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the whole theme collapsed into itself. Yeah. And the spiritual themes were so strong. Like, anyone who's, like, spiritual or cosmic at all was probably freaking out since the beginning. Yeah. But then it, like, transcended that, too. But my first instinct was, like, it reminded me so much of timeline jumping, mm -hmm. which I haven't participated in but I just see um Peter Fury does it on Instagram and I saw it quite a bit on TikTok but I think the general sentiment is sort of like a meditation based visualizing based practice where you put yourself in a position where you are already the person that you want to be so it's like this idea like oh I really want to you know accomplish this or be this person or kill this habit and then it's like you transport to that person with the belief that that person kind of already exists in an alternate universe that you literally just have to tap into, which is the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of believe that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, if it's, if you're, yeah, especially if you believe that time isn't linear, mm -hmm. then that's really easy to believe because you don't have to accept the idea of, like, a crazy thing where there's an insane multiverse. Mm -hmm. You can, but you don't have to. You can just believe that time isn't linear which we've all like experienced totally yeah yeah and I think a lot of spiritual themes like I always say this like every single spiritual thing can kind of just be like boiled down to basic parts that come down to psychology mm -hmm. and it's like the lore helps people like timeline jumping is it like, makes it more exciting yeah yeah and also you need to believe in something to shift it yeah and that's why some people, it's like if you're trying to kick an addiction or kick a habit or something, it's like sometimes you have to try so many different things until something clicks and you can't really explain why other than like, oh, the, the, the neuron, like yeah. the psychological thing that needed to happen did. Yeah, so I think timeline jumping, it's like if you boil it down, it is like a simple kind of energy giving practice to make you do what you need to do, but it does need to have all this kind of like lore and magic around it, Yeah. whether that's real or not. Um... Something that I felt immediately, which got validated by the LA Times article that I read after, and I'll share that, and I 
love for us to talk about this was like while I was watching it I was like this reminds me of TikTok a little bit mm. in or the internet in the sense that you kind of scroll and get kind of transported to all these emotions and reactions and like and then you're left feeling like hollow yeah totally <laughs> yeah. and I had that with TikTok because like as you know I've been going back and forth with TikTok the whole year yeah but like at first I got 2022 on it was the year of the TikTok yeah. yeah and I got on it and I felt kind of like a scrub on there like too old and I was like well that's not a good reason to hate it mm-hmm so I kept going on it and then I started like succeeding on it in terms of like getting viral videos pretty frequently. It seems like the algorithm always wanted you to have your face, your voice and like yeah. be talking about boys. Like I felt yeah. like that's when shit did well and I was like, but then I started doing well on TikTok and then I realized I still hated it because no matter what, I couldn't stay off the For You page. Mm-hmm. And which is, if you don't know, it's just like, you know, the version of a feed except it's people you're not following. It's just recommended videos. <laughs> And I was like, well, I hate the For You page, but posting has been getting me like followers and people are finding me and it's leaking into Instagram. It's a good tool, but I just couldn't do it. I'd post and it was like the way it was, was like, you know, you'd be like getting comments and you'd be on the app. And then while you're watching the comments come in, you do the For You page. It was just like impossible to stay off it. And I was finally like, this isn't who I want to be. I don't care if I'm building a TikTok audience. I don't want to fucking be on this app. But TikTok would just make me feel like psychotic <laughs> like I'd yeah. be like how have I been on this for so long and why am I watching a video that I would never ever ever watch you know yeah, like right, right. some dude interviewing a random person like um but when I was watching the, the film I was like this reminds me of that feeling of like I'm just being transported transported trans- transported like and some of it is just so nonsensical and yeah. a waste of time um and then later when I was I looked up just more on the movie um and they said that it was written in 2016. Everything Everywhere was in part a pro- uh, product of the contradictions and emotional whiplash of being very online at the time. Mm-hmm. The internet had started to create these alternate universes, said Quan. We were, f- we were for the first time realizing how scary the internet was, moving from this techno-optimism to this techno-terror. <laughs> I think this movie was us trying to grapple with that chaos. Yeah. <clears throat> they yeah. also said they were um, they were inspired by the turn down for what music video. Have you seen that? Where like the transitions, course, yeah. yeah, they're like jumping and they fall through the <laughs> the ceiling into a new room. Yeah, right. Who directed that? <clears throat> Let's look. I'm, I'm googling it. I also kind of just want to watch the video. I um, think they directed it. Yeah, they directed turn down for what. Oh, amazing. Okay, so yeah. that was, yeah. <laughs> they were just inspired. They yeah, made but that's it. what I'm saying is there are these epic, like, music video directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're being very true to their form. Yeah. Hang down for what? <laughs> what a crazy thing. Yeah, let's watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very similar. Oh, my God. Oh my god. And then she. Oh my god. <laughs> she oh, then she. In. Yeah, she jumps through the ceiling. And we got the family. Oh, and then everyone's like. See, that's also very them to have this almost like crude humor of like. Right, crude. The boobs crude. coming to life. I think what fascinates me about the movie and this video is like 
normally I would hate stuff like this. Yeah. But then they do it in a way that makes me not hate it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think, but I think what that is, is just the sincerity that they bring and the actors bring to the performance. Totally. Yeah, it's just done well. Yeah. Like, it's not just, you don't watch it and think just, like, boobs and dick. You're like... <laughs> yeah. Also, especially with the um, the fighting, the fight scenes, which are mm. part of where the most, like, crude humor comes in. Totally. It's, we are in awe of, like, the choreography, right? Like, mm-hmm. I was watching those fight scenes being like, these are insanely well done. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't believe... I don't know. I just, like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. It's like... The, the the lengths that they'll go to to make an exciting uh, fight scene that doesn't feel like super masculine too mm-hmm. and it was it's surprising which so many yeah. fight scenes now you're just sort of like let's you know almost fast forward through it oh yeah fight scenes are so boring yeah <laughs> yeah no it was very like creative and weird yeah um yeah. they were I was listening to this one interview with Michelle Yeoh and she said that they found a um uh, an empty and d- desolate IRS building, mm. and that's actually where they built like ninety percent of their sets or something. Mm. And they filmed it in like eight weeks, which is a really short amount of time, mm. especially for a feature like that. That is that um, yeah, aspirational. Yeah, yeah. And so I think six of the eight weeks they were in this IRS mm-hmm. building. So if you think about all of the crazy sets, they they were built within this building, yeah. which is so cool. Oh my god, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis was insane. Yeah, she's a staple in my life. I love that yeah. she's acting as she is now. Yeah. Like, I love it. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's also someone who, like, in terms of aging, has just taken on aging and done mm-hmm. it full force, you know, because she was a sex symbol when she was younger. Yeah. I have a kind of a story about that that's, like, annoying. Um, she came into the art store I worked out many times. She mm-hmm. came in there all the time, constantly. And one time she was in there, and I rang her up, And then she left, and the guy behind her was literally this, like, piggish little man. Mm -hmm. And he was like, was that Jamie Lee Curtis? And I was like, yeah. He was like, it's just crazy, you know? He was like, she used to be so hot. And I was like, you just saw us a talented star. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And also, like, coming out of his mouth, you know? Yeah. (laughs) She came into both restaurants that I worked at, Mm -hmm. and she was always super composed and just sort of like she wasn't so composed she wasn't like rude at all but I thought she had such an incredible energy of, of like boundaries like okay I felt the same yeah yeah because I was like yeah she's not rude but she's very it's almost like yeah exactly as you said yeah boundaries kind of stern yeah and her you know her <laughs> husband is a director who's directed all of these incredible satire films Christopher mm. Guest mm. some of the funniest satire like ever Another Christopher yeah um she was cool in her yeah um I will say, okay, and this is something I like about indie movies a lot, is, like, I did have a point where I, like, checked the time, because I was like, okay, I've had enough of this, like, fighting whiplash stuff, mm. like, I need to get something. Yeah. But I'm also, it was so rewarding to go to the end, and mm. I was thinking I also felt that way with, like, Florida Project, which was, like, a three-hour movie I saw in theaters that had the same tone for so long. Yeah. But in the end, I was just felt, it was rewarding to know that I stayed in that world with them. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way with this movie... And it just reminded me of, like, the importance of, like, keeping your attention span and being, like, I'm committed to this piece of art and, like, no, it doesn't have to, like, please me and give me the answer when I want it kind of thing. But I I haven't had that experience in a while where I'm, like, in a movie and I'm, like, okay, like, (laughs) I get it. That's so funny because literally for me I was, like, 
this was so quick, and I mm. felt like I didn't even blink. I had to pee for, like, the last third of it and didn't leave. That's trippy. It felt long for me. And then in the end, I was like, oh, like... Like, it was quick, and then when I checked the time, it was, like, 30 minutes or less. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's then so I loved it, but jam-packed. Yeah. Like, you yeah. feel like you've lived so many lives mm-hmm. through that movie, so it makes sense. It's, it's like, it's... Not not exhausting in a bad way, but it's like it demand it's demanding. It's very demanding, which is really important, I think, for audiences now because audiences are sort of like spoon fed, like exactly. You know? <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is like to check that in myself. You know, to, like I love opportunities to be like, okay, no, we're staying, like we're staying, yeah, and we're staying with the bit, like yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I thought of you with the rock scene. Oh my god, the rock scene! I was me. so grateful for that. That's when I, I like needed that. I was yeah. like, okay, like give me. Well, that's the thing a is, I, I like. I think that's what they knew what they were doing. Where mm-hmm. they were like, we're going to push everyone to their absolute limit. Totally. And then the rock scene, and then I think that's when I broke down. I think mm. I was just weeping, like literally. I was. I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't hold it anymore because. I don't know, and that's the thing is like, within that moment, like we're held up with mm. all of this tenseness, and uh, so much has happened, and we all know it. And the rocks mm. know it too, and that's what's so crazy. And they're the most still thing. She mm-hmm. can't even move herself. Like, it just was this, you know, the containment mm-hmm. that everything experiences, even if we think of it as like not even a sentient being, like the amount yeah. of life force that's in everything. I also felt like this wasn't. I don't think this was part of their like mo, but it was like very felt. It was like probably with the family aspect, having all the generations in the movie. But also just the way it was reminded me of kind of like the mystery of ancestral energy. Oh, yeah. Like the concept of like being so many different things at once and having all these like DNA patterns that you don't even know, you know? And that I think be... it was definitely meant to be part of it because a big big aspect of it is the relationship between the mother and the daughter and mm. her sort of both of them recognizing how similar they are because of these un- yeah. unspoken things because mm-hmm. they're not close. You know? Yeah, which is every, you know, we all, that's such a big theme of life. Yeah. And it can feel that mystical. Yeah. Yeah. I also really appreciated how credible it was. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people complaining that, like, film is going in the direction of, like, it's either super woke and uncredible or very Marvel-esque. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about that, and I don't really know entirely what that means. But with this movie, I was like, it is really credible that, like, the immigrant mother doesn't fully approve of the daughter. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like, that's something that I feel like people are afraid to do because they just want to make a movie where everyone's accepted. Yeah. But then you lose the belief in the characters and you don't get a good movie. Right. And they managed to do that, obviously, with this, there being kind of, like, a very, like, neutral, believable redemption that wasn't yeah. just, like... You right, know. right, and she doesn't transform entirely. Like at the very end, there's a moment with the the daughter and the daughter's partner, and mm-hmm. the mom sort of criticizes the partner. Oh yeah, she says, "Grow out your hair." Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's a beautiful thing because you're like, she's that's her way of showing care, but exactly. she hasn't transformed entirely, and she's yeah. like, "I love you, my daughter's partner." Yeah, and it's like that makes sense. Also, her calling that lady, like, big nose. I was like, you're not yeah. supposed to do that, but, like, that's what fucking, like, older women who are just, like, yeah. kind of grumpy do. Like, yeah. they just, like, talk shit. Like, they're rude. Like, yeah. I don't know. So I was just grateful. I was like, oh, wow, like, something that's, like, real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love going to movies. I do, too. I want to go. Now I'm, like, every single day I'm like, can we go again? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, I saw I saw the billboard or the, the poster for it. it. No, I didn't see the trailer. I saw oh, okay. like a poster. What was it called again? Like it's um, the unbearable weight of massive talent. I think <laughs> it's so funny. 
Yeah, it had a good artful cover, but it's sort of, it's, I can't think of anyone other than Nicolas Cage who could make that movie, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just excited to see it. Also, there was like an alien movie that was coming out. Oh, really? Did you see the trailer? It was like one of the trailers for that one, I wonder if you saw it, but they had um, those blow-up guys in it, like those, those like, those like men that they like... <laughs> <laughs> those like at car dealerships, the ones yes, that go up and down. Yes, okay. Exactly. <laughs> it was like that. It was made by the guy who made Get Out. What's his name? Oh, um, say Jordan Peterson, but that's not right. Oh, it's so close. Oh, Peel. Joe. Uh, Peel. Jordan Peel. Jordan Peel. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's him. And <laughs> Jordan it's, Peel. Jordan Peel. Oh, yeah. Close. But the aesthetics were really like hot. Uh -huh. Like it was like they had those those car dealership guys like filling a ranch <laughs> and it oh. was like horror but it took place on a ranch i don't know why those things so were was there. it horror or is it like it was an alien movie like there was oh. like alien abduction happening wow. and that one looked crazy and there was one where this woman was being stalked and then it was called men and i was like oh i've seen the billboards for that and i was annoyed but i liked yeah it before i saw the name <laughs> i was like oh my god creepy stalker movie and then yeah. it was like men <laughs> i was like Shh. <laughs> I just called it crazy stalker movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? I wonder who did that one. <laughs> I've tucked her in. Aww. Um, I'd love to also see the Also, the movie one. was very astral projecty, fever dream vibes. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to tell the whole astral projection story right now, right? It's yeah, just yeah. not a matter. But yeah. the part that's relatable is like in astral projection, you usually wake up in your room as your whatever quote-unquote soul but you're right. everything's a bit different and then you can kind of travel to other worlds and in my experience like it was exactly like the movie where I woke up in my bed and I walked around and was like oh this is not my actual room like I'm in a weird version of it and like there was someone in the corner like making burgers and being really jolly someone was getting like their hair braided like in my room yeah and it was just so much like this movie where it's like you walk around when you're either lucid dreaming or I think more so in the astral projection kind of state, they do feel really different. Mm -hmm. And you're just like walking into these like surreal, almost kind of like dumb scenes. And then it's like, it's balanced out by these more like profound things. Yeah. And I, it was like so much like the movie where it's like, and it is funny. I love that about spiritual stuff. It's like, it's always like equally ridiculous as it is equally like, oh, I'm going to learn about the yeah. mysteries of the unknown. But just very much like, I do think, that's such a profound thing where spirit is, spirit does have humor. Totally. You know, like. Yeah, even the, you saying that out loud feels so true. Like, you yeah, know. yeah. I don't know. I, I think it feels like true. someone in the simulation offices was like. <laughs> well, because you can't, and you can't <laughs> have. Board. I just think, uh, yeah, I think that's such an important thing to remember because otherwise, if you take things too seriously, even if you take a spiritual moment of growth too seriously it mm -hmm. can fall out of your hands because then you're like performing attachment totally right? yeah it becomes an ego yeah ego qualm also the thing <laughs> that in the movie where and i want to ask you about this and what you felt about it when basically she's taught to verse jump by a like professional verse jumping team <laughs> or whatever yeah. but she's inherently aware of how to do it and and they're like wow she's the best that we've ever seen right mm. but then what they say to her is don't get stuck in in the universes for too long because mm. you'll lose yourself there and you'll never come mm. back and they say that's how the i won't spoil it but that's how the bad guy got the way that that they are 
Mm -hmm. right? Because they are the ones. They stayed too long in one universe, and now they see that nothing is real. Mm -hmm. And then the only way that she really wins is by fully embracing every single universe, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, like, can't get that out of my head because I think that, you know, with overstimulation, we're, like, taught to sort of shut things out. But... Mm -hmm. But then by shutting out, like, the technology of it all, we sort of, like, lose touch with, like, the actual world mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. And there's, like, a danger there. And I'm wondering if you, how you, did you, like, that land with you in the movie when you were, like, because, you know, the very last shot where she's seeing everything and hearing mm -hmm. everything and aware of everything, but there's, like, a joy within her? Yes. That yeah. was actually one of my favorite parts, for right. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everyone's like, are you here right now? <laughs> yeah. And um, she's everywhere all at once. Like, it's, yeah. like, fuck. Like, I relate to that in the sense that I do this thing in my head, and you probably do this too, where it's like, if I'm thinking about something, I put myself in like every single possibility to understand mm -hmm. it. Like, you yeah. know, like, oh, I put yourself in someone else's shoes, or like, yeah. if it's like, I see like, even something as simple as like a Twitter fight, I'm like, well, why would this person have this perspective? And I like go around the whole room and think, oh, like, when was I close to that perspective? Even if it's like an evil one, I'm like, how can yeah. I, like, even the most evil things I try to understand. Yeah. And I do feel that energy, like in that scene of just like being like, okay, like, stepping into kind of, like, it almost feels like a big prairie of, like, mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. And then going back into your body as yourself. But it is a very, like, psychological visualizing act that I think, yeah. you know, where it's, yeah. like... And definitely. that's, like, the same thing of bringing... It's sort of dissolving mm -hmm. the barriers. It's, like, a non-dualistic practice. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is, you know, everything is limitless and... There's nothing that has a true boundary. Nothing. And rather than being overwhelmed by that, how how can we immerse ourselves in in um in like in it and feel not panicked, right? Absolutely. Which is a superpower, especially now. Yeah. And I think that's the theme of our whole pond. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, maybe we should talk about Elon next. <laughs> um, we remind. It reminds me of. Um, I'm staring at leaves of grass because when I first read Walt Whitman, mm -hmm. he's like, um, it's that's his whole thing. It's just like everything is connected. Everything is a leaf. Mm -hmm. of, it's like a leaf of grass. I am the same thing. I'm seeing mm -hmm. like the lover quarrel. I'm seeing a drunk fall down in the street. Like mm -hmm. I am that drunk. And it's like, yes. I remember reading that and being like, feeling the same way actually that I did seeing that movie. Mm -hmm. And I should probably revisit that, that book. But it makes me, it gives me like a hope to think that there have been people like Walt Whitman that have been carrying that torch mm -hmm. for so long and saying it in such a chaotic way. Yeah. Because that was like so chaotic. Like that is so chaotic in the same way that everything everywhere is so chaotic. Because it's also like a Buddhist thing of like everything is everything, mm -hmm. you know. But sometimes you have to get yeah. like crazy to really express it. <laughs> yeah, and the illusion of separation, right? Yeah, exactly. And then also the very like realness of it. <laughs> yeah. It's strange. And I think that's why we all feel so stressed out is because we're living in that in-between of actually being separate. Like, I'm separate mm. from you, but I'm the same as you. And, like, we're the same energy. And, like, yeah. that's stressful. That can be such mm. a stressful uh, valley. Like, it's mm. almost like... And also, I always think, like, I have this theory that we're all sort of like radio towers at the end of the day mm -hmm. and that speaks to the conversation of energy being this real thing and I think being a radio tower means picking up signals all day whether they're internal or external yeah and depending on how sensitive you are 
that can just be so hectic and you can think oh, that yeah. that stimulation is something that you need to react to or follow or come to conclusions about or it might be aligned to like something you read and you think it's about that thing you yeah. know and it's like you just have to get good at going through the world and being like this is a very stimulating place yeah. <laughs> and I have to you know and like owning the, the stimulation I think is the first step because mm. It can be really easy, but I'm I'm fine. Like I like turn my phone off at eleven. Like <laughs> yeah. it's not it doesn't get to me. And mm-hmm. it's like, but babe, like it's very possible that it is <laughs> just because this this world has grown so much faster than mm-hmm. than we have evolved. And we talk about this all the time. Yeah. But it's like, not only have we in terms of social uh, circles, but the technology, and we're mm-hmm. not really capable of fully understanding everything that we've built. Yeah, there's, like, a level of, like, surrender that's necessary. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Which is almost funny. It's, like, it's almost, uh, I don't know. It's, like, not taking it seriously is, like, surrender. Like, it's... Yeah. Yeah. And going back to the movie, when she surrenders to the fact that she is, that she does exist in all these universes, mm-hmm. rather than, like, selecting when she goes, mm-hmm. she ex- surrenders to it fully, and then it becomes part of her. And yeah. the the bad guy is so against the fact that everything is everywhere and believes that it's so meaningless that it becomes a dark thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, all the different ways of handling it. And then the, like, the professional team is, like, you have people to, like, use it to your exact thing. Otherwise, it will control you. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, none of neither of those things really work <clears throat> fully, like, uh, to make, to change the world. Like, she totally. changes the world. She yeah. saves the world. <laughs> yeah. She's in the pocket. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's just nice when... And I will say, too, reading about it after, I think what I appreciated is that, like, these weren't, like, cosmic spiritualists. I mean, we don't know about their private practice, but it's, like, that always leaks in because that's so part of existence no matter what. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be this, like, you know, spiritual, intense, timeline-jumping astral projector to, like, understand that that's how time can feel. Yeah. And that just made me so happy. I was like, you know, these guys are, you know, talking about the internet. There's, like, so many themes in this that make sense. Then there's a spiritual theme that, like, just happens because that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> that's what life is. Yeah. And that's so really, cute. like, I think we're so excited about this movie, too, because it's it's actual real good art again for once. Like, oh, fucking with yeah. <laughs> with like dynamics and mm-hmm. more than one meaning like you were just saying and yeah it's not just like here take this little tiny little entree that we're handing you on the silver platter yeah. and enjoy your evening you know it's yeah. like here's a fucking meal and take what you're gonna get yeah. and then come back and take more like it's like and everyone and there's something for everyone it's just so beautiful and it makes me want more fucking indie films yeah <laughs> and that's why everyone needs to see it in the theater because that'll show <laughs> See you in the theater. See you in the theater. <laughs> but actually. See you in the theater. Yeah, see things in the theater. Pre-order books. Wink, yeah. wink. Um, make indie movies in your backyard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's very good. That's nice. And it's also just like, I feel like seeing something like that is, reminds me about what it means to be alive, which is like what yeah. good art ultimately does. Mm. Is no matter what the message is, it reminds you what it feels like to be alive. And I, yeah, especially after the past couple of years where it's felt like you're like shifting in between bot dumb and alive dumb. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also think like, we came out of a time where we realized like we're not bots at all, no matter. You know, it's yeah. like people were like, 
like even with like pandemic stuff, I remember there was so much content about like, no, you guys, this is the new normal. And I'm like, well, now, you know, it's like more than ever, places are full of people. People are yeah. so excited about movies still. It's like, it almost makes me like annoyed that people even thought that our innate need for like art and community would go away. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm always like, who the fuck said that? Like, who the fuck like spread that? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, it was just sort of a <laughs> panic response, I think. Yeah. True, but I guess I should just celebrate it, that we're all... Yeah, we're all back. Also, it's also, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even... And maybe this is me just personally feeling this way, but I wouldn't feel like we're necessarily, like, in um, the roaring 20s and everything's changing. Because I remember people were like, the Enlightenment came after the thing. But it's, like, yeah. it just shows you how people, like, do find a stasis. Like, there's a mm-hmm. homeostasis that re- everyone returns to. Yeah. And it's, like, you know... <laughs> yeah. Because, like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going out again and having those dinner parties. But it's I personally don't feel like I'm like, I'm going to do a line of coke because I've never <laughs> no. done it before. No, no, you no. Know, but you know what I mean? Like, because I yeah. think some people probably thought it was, like, that going to be that. Maybe some people are experiencing that. Well, I think more so just not so much, like, being so excited to live as much as just disregarding. Like, there was just this whole ramped up political fearful period that we're sort of slowly ushering out of. And it's, like, almost like people were making predictions, like, people are going to be, like, more inside than ever. And even, like, the goblin mode thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, I'm not really seeing that. Like, everyone goes through phases of that, but... Yeah. You know. I just yeah. don't think much has changed. Like, it's... I guess what I'm trying to get at is, like, there's just so many extreme takes all the time. Of course. That and that's... Yeah. And why is that? It's because we're the... Because they're, those are living on the internet, where it's, like... Yeah. And yeah. it's just not fucking... It's half the time it's not real. It's yeah. so crazy. Like... Just think of all the articles and, like, tweets and everything that you saw throughout the pandemic that were acting like we were turning into, you know, people who were just going to wear VR headsets and, like... Of course, yeah. Like, die. I don't know. It's, like, it's not going to happen. It's almost like when televisions came out. I always think of televisions, you know? Yeah. And I'm, like, you know... <laughs> because they were sort of this shift in how we viewed ourselves in Yeah, and, like, aesthetically, it was, like, oh, no, all these people are staring at this screen, and that was, like, the first screen to really stare at, and it's, like... Yeah, but they still incredible contemporary art, incredible movies, everything still emerged even with that. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I mean, I just obviously I get so passionate and heated about any time like an extreme... Of course, yeah. Like doom prediction happens and I'm just like, stop telling me that. Like yeah. when it's just not happening, you know? Yeah. Like people are still out there It's also a lot it. more, it's a lot more gradual. Like maybe what the people who were worried about when TVs first came out Maybe those, I know, <laughs> they're just, they're, it's happening now. Yeah. But that was six, 70 years ago, mm-hmm. right, when TVs came out. So maybe the people that were worried about TV's uh, implications were right, but it took 70 years. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing okay. You know what I mean? But, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, everything is a lot more gradual. Maybe mm-hmm. we will be and end up living, like, with our fucking VR headsets <laughs> on, like, a, in an like Wally. Also, yeah. there is still, there will always be a counterculture and there will always be a mainstream. Yeah. And I was thinking about that recently. And also that helps me keep myself in line. Like TikTok, for example. Mm-hmm. I'm like, TikTok is mainstream. TikTok yeah. is where the majority yeah. of people get off work, get on the phone and just scroll. And I was like, I don't want to be fucking mainstream. Mm-hmm. The same way that I didn't want to sit in front of the TV for hours at night watching the news. The same way that I don't want to, you know lose the lust for art and attention span and gathering and it's like it does take action 
And, but that's always been a thing. There's always been, like, there's always countercultures that remind us. And those countercultures, it's almost like countercultures slow down the, like, ship that's going in one direction. Mm-hmm. And because and, maybe we are going towards some direction in society. I'm not saying we are, but I'm saying mm-hmm. maybe we are. Yeah. And the counterculture is, like, are the little, like, weights that are trying to like slow it down and do or like reorient it from time to time or like the winds that shift things and because a lot of countercultures then become like part of the main culture Mm. and that's something really important Mm. it's like counterculture is is important i read something recently oh no i didn't read it i this is so funny it was a video it was a tiktok video before i left the last good tiktok video i saw (laughs) and it was this guy and he was saying um he just made this whole analogy of like being in a desert and seeing an oasis. Yeah. And he was talking about like how do you be a spiritual person and a positive person that uh, wants to help others? How do you do that knowing that the world is so bad? Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, when you're in the desert and you find an oasis, he was like, your job shouldn't be um, to focus on how big the desert is. It should be on expanding the oasis. Mm-hmm. And even the concept of what an oasis is, which is like a place where there's things are growing. And it's like, well, you know, spread the seeds that keep getting bigger and you might not be able to ever take over the whole desert. Yeah. But you did make an oasis. And I feel like that's what countercultures are and like always have been. Yeah. Where it's like a bunch of people being like, no, we made this oasis. Like we're reminding you of how good life can be. And yeah. we might not win and we the world can still end even though this oasis exists, but like at least we tried. <laughs> like at least right. we like loved each other. I don't know. That's a way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And also the idea that everyone's a lot of people have different perceptions of what an oasis is. That's the trickiest part. Yeah. Yeah. And there won't ever be just because of that there won't ever be just one. Mm-hmm. I wish we could accept that more. Yeah, different deserts, yeah. <laughs> different oases. Yeah. Was <laughs> it different strokes, different folks, different oases, different Pisces, peoples. Should we talk about shifting emotions? Yes. So this came up because James's father was the first to utter this yeah. in our reality. Where you want to tell a story where you're in the car? Yes. So, um,. When I was like in fourth grade, I started getting major anxiety before school, and my dad never like um, labeled it as anxiety, which I was really grateful for. But I looked back and I was like, oh my god, I was experiencing like anxiety, mm-hmm. and so I would just say like, I'm so nervous, I'm so nervous, mm-hmm. um, and it would be before dance class. I was dropped out of dance class, piano, like I it started taking over my life. And so what my dad did, and it was really really sweet and really helpful it like makes me so emotional now (laughs) as he would say you're not nervous you're excited and he would say those are the same you feel the same way if you're Mm -hmm. nervous and you're excited it's the same like feeling in your body I could argue now that I was feeling (laughs) way more severe (laughs) versions you should have been medicated (laughs) no no I'm I'm not saying that but I'm saying like anyone listening is probably like well she wasn't really anxious but it's like bitch I was Oh, yeah, and I saw that. I mean, yeah. you were you were an anxious, you were anxious before, you know, you were before an anxious cool. child. <laughs> yeah, before it was cool and before you should have been, like, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. your life circumstances put you in a position to have adult feelings before. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm not saying should. this is, like, a poor me thing. I'm just saying, like, it was severe, and so I'm not saying that this is, this is a, I was really in a specific mm-hmm. place. And so um, I can say truthfully, did that in that moment completely heal me? Absolutely not. Mm. 
but it gave me a doorway, a doorway to, to look through and step onto and like maybe walk through that threshold sometimes mm-hmm. and say, okay, maybe I'm going to exit like being anxious and mm-hmm. move into excited. Um, and I still do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as anxious as I used to be, thankfully, but in moments of like spiking, uh, emotions, I'll say like, I'm not nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And it does really, really help. So, yeah. So Gabby was on the way to her reading. <laughs> yeah, and even the whole, oh my God, I was nervous all week. Because it was kind of my first ever, because we've had art shows, but art shows, it's like you're split apart, you're looming around, you talk about your yeah. art privately with people, you're not like in front of a bunch of people There's looking no at you. Yeah. Yeah, and also this this writer thing's new to me still, you mm-hmm. know, this public. <laughs> so I was freaked out, and I was freaked out all week. I mean, even before I came to LA, I was like, okay, I was avoiding like milk and sugar because I was like, what if I inflame my sinuses and I yeah. sound dumb and and gross and all these things and yeah and the night before I was like actually negatively anxious like mm-hmm. I was just almost to the point where I was like why do I have to do this I was like yeah. I just I was like why can't I just write and hide like why do I have to be out and then I remembered what your dad said because you've told me that like for many years about that story and it's helped me many times and I was like no like I can literally shift the feeling. Yeah. And the thing about that is, like, nervousness or excitement actually is in favor of your body because it's making, like, your blood flow faster, which makes you look more attractive. It makes you more alert. And your body yeah. thinks it's really helping you. Yeah. And when I remember that, it's I'm like... It's actually really sweet. It is. <laughs> and it's like, I've noticed that when you're the most, like, nervous and excited, like, you look really good, <laughs> you know? And, like, you look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, I look really, like, my lips are happening and I look, like... Also, you're Focused. more aware, you're literally more aware, and, like, it's, like, your your perception is heightened. Totally. Yeah. And then you have that energy that, like, aligns, you know, but you can make the mistake of feeling that and then crumbling because you're, like, whoa, I feel bad, and I'm going to, it's going to be shitty and bad. Right. But you have to literally sometimes say, like, no, I'm excited, and my body's pumping my blood, and it's making me, like, you know, handle this properly, and it's really just that reframing. And so, yeah, that just changed everything. I was, like, I remember that at the last moment yeah and then it ended up being great and I can't wait to do another one yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) like literally and I think that's another thing about not labeling things as anxiety right away if you can yeah (laughs) um is like the reward you get from just being uncomfortable for so long that you figure out how to be comfortable Mm -hmm. and it's like there's a I was talking about this on um somebody asked me a question about safety versus comfort mm-hmm. and I was like there's just a big difference you know what yeah, I mean absolutely. there's a difference between me feeling super uncomfortable because I'm about to do something I've never done before it going pretty good when it's over me feeling wow I can do that again you know versus yeah. like an unsafe moment you know which is like yeah putting yeah. yourself in harm's way like there's such different things and I think people forget that fear shows up the same way for both Right? Right. It's just one, it's a bug, and one, it's actually, like, a help, you know? Right. And, um, I mean, that's a classic thing, like, getting out of your comfort zone. That's something my dad would say all the time to me, too. He was like, you're just getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I'd be like, shut he the He loved hell the up. comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> he loved challenging the comfort zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, and now I live my life, like, not always out of the comfort zone, but I for many years I was like jumping out of it way too fast like without thinking about <laughs> yeah, it you yeah, know yeah, yeah. um so it's you know you have to like 
it's yeah, and comfort zone is sort of like about more calculated risk mm-hmm. because if you're getting out of the comfort zone, it's because you know where the comfort zone is, mm-hmm. and sort of being in danger or safety is like you're not even sure where the the line is, and that's why it's gotten yeah. to that point. Absolutely. It's like when something like a thing pops up in your front of your face that's like actual fear instead of like <laughs> you're venturing out into something unknown yeah. and you have the control over like where you're going and what you're going to see mm-hmm. or yeah. like how you handle that. Yeah. yeah, the nervous to excited pipeline <laughs> yeah. is one, it's a good one. I feel like it <laughs> doesn't always work, but sometimes when I, I don't know if this is just my body being a no fun zone but when I like do like convince myself that it's excitement it'll just go away sometimes yeah yeah because my body's like oh we're just doing excitement or whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like less glamorous and that's the thing is like you and I okay everyone if you like this conversation to listen to her was it victim Oh, Trauma for President. Oh, it's called Trauma for President, one of our episodes, because this is something James and I are a bit passionate about, um, is, like, the labeling things. Yeah. Is, like, sometimes that's literally all you have to do is just stop labeling the thing, and it goes away, which I think is so crazy. Yeah. It's, like, when they... It's, like, boogeyman vibes. Oh, absolutely. It's, like, if you think that the... It's there, it's there. Yeah. (laughs) And then if you just start being, like, no. (laughs) It's more powerful than we think. Well, it's, like, ghosts. (laughs) <laughs> it's like ghosts it's like little dwarves it's like trolls it's like fairies no but like actually with ghosts <laughs> yeah 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 i uh, we have oh like real ghosts oh i know you're saying yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah real ghosts like yeah you just have to be like you're not there you're not there but if you investigate that thing over and over mm-hmm. it's gonna keep coming back uh okay life is really just <laughs> and bittery root. no but you know what i mean like that's just such a that's such a manifestation of that yeah Ghosts. These are just ghosts that broke my heart from that song. Um, ghosts. Yeah, I just, I don't know. And a lot of people are pushing up against that now, I just think. But that's another thing, too, I'm starting to feel. is like I used to get so riled up, and I'm like, why is everyone doing the wrong thing? You know, yeah. like, why is everyone um, obsessed with their labels and their victimhood? Don't they know that that's not, like, helping? And then now I'm just like, well, if that's what people need to do, like... Also, like, it's, I think people go through phases where if there's a new discovery about themselves, like, Mm. some people have the impulse to embrace it fully and label it, and that's just part of, like, maybe their Mm -hmm. conditioning. And I think some people think that's a way to process it fully. I don't know if that really works, but, like... Sometimes you do have to go into extremes to find the middle. That's extremely true. I feel deeply grateful that, from personal experience... No one labeled me. No one diagnosed me with anxiety when I was younger. Same. Like, not anxiety for me. I think it would have been manic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did that for you in Venice. I know, but even I then, the it first was like... person to say to Gabby. <laughs> I regret that a little bit. I'm sorry. Really? But well, I thought it was it helped me because well, the way my brain also, works. Also, you were older then, so it was yeah. like. And you yeah. know me so well. You yeah. know I wasn't gonna like run to the doctor. I was just like I felt transcendent. I was yeah. like, well, I could have made this a problem but yeah yeah okay good I'm glad you feel that way it's also important like, it's not yeah. my pl- I'm not like a fucking professional so no no, 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 no um, never 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 but they, they could, I easily could have been put on medication back yeah, same. back then and it could have really shifted changed could really kicked our ass and I think the important thing with mental health stuff is just to be like you can have 
an emotion without negative results. You know, mm-hmm. like the same thing with me having like my manic stuff. It's like I don't end up like naked in a ditch somewhere. I no. rearrange the fucking bedroom right. till four in the morning. Like <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it happens every month. Like I don't know. Like there's just there has to be some kind of you yeah. Know. And all it comes from is just knowing that you're unique and custom and... It's also learning, like, learning what things trigger it. And, like, again, because I wasn't medicated, I had to learn things that triggered it. And Mm -hmm. some of that is being in certain group situations. 100%. Living in a a house, like a group house. It's like some people have, you know, doctor's notes saying they can't. Like, Mm -hmm. they need a service dog. Like, I should have a doctor's note saying I shouldn't live in a house with more than Mm -hmm. two people. Like... Because my anxiety was so high Very much, all the yeah. time. And talk about, like, energy towers. I felt like totally. an energy tower all the time mm-hmm. picking up on stuff. And I also energy learned tower. caffeine. Like, it's, yeah. like, all these things, certain foods. Like, everything yes. is connected. The the gut, uh, brain Adrenals, connection. Like, the liver. I think about my yeah. liver a lot. And it's, like, I'm not <laughs> saying, like, I cured my anxiety. Yeah. And everyone else should, too. It's, like, <laughs> absolutely some people need that extra step. I'm, totally. I'm never going to be that yeah. person. But I'm I'm grateful that I wasn't given the opportunity to medicate at an early age because I never would have found uh, the stasis that I'm capable of. I'm grateful yeah, to say. Yeah, I know. agree. It's nice to exhaust all possibilities until, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. But it's just good that we have both, right? Yeah. Sometimes you need to medicate. Sometimes you just need to, like, you know, avoid your, like a video game, avoid the slippery bananas and yeah. the... Not make a giant French press coffee in your day off. <laughs> yeah. And then wonder why you've been spiraling for five hours. <laughs> yeah. Also, anyone out there who feels manic depressive but hasn't had a good response to medication or feels like it's not mental. Um, I had some breakthroughs in the past couple of years where it was, I have an adrenaline issue. Mm. <laughs> so if you feel like your mania is more energetic, which I do think is probably the more safer version because you're not like yeah. getting uh, as much of the mental stuff then, um, yeah, you're not that's like, something to look into. Cause yeah. I actually talked about that in my story to a bunch of people who were like, yeah, that I, I was diagnosed with bipolar, but the medication doesn't do anything for me. Mm. And I'm like, well, wow. look at your adrenaline because, um, I have a thing where basically, like, it's just so easy for me to go so far in each direction, which is either just, like, pure, like, napping, like, Snorlax (laughs) mode versus, like, super high energy, everything's connecting, I'm so aware, everything is, like... Queen of the world. (laughs) Like, I'm doing, like, the color thing right now, I'm I'm having, like, a minor adrenaline spike about my... I got obsessed with this. Yeah, I just realized I picked out a straw that's that color. I already already clocked that. I know, I I saw you clock it, and I was like, I'm so sorry. I just put myself in this state of obsession about the color cornflower blue because I was like, oh, I should dress like my book, and then now, never in my life... Just, Have I been just so say, analytical? Just like of my blue. book is the funniest thing too. Because <laughs> in your head, it's like obviously such an innocent, cute thing. Like yeah, I was like, I got obsessed with cornflower blue, but in a really chill way for the past couple year. And I was like, oh, let's make the book that color. And then now I just cannot stop analyzing every shade of blue. And but that's the thing is, I can catch myself. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be okay. But I have never in my life been so aware of blue. Yeah. It's like, literally, I'm like, there's the blue, there's the blue, there's the blue. Is that close to my book cover? Is that always, that's like, what shade is that? Like, I'm getting freaked out. Yeah. But, um, it's going to be okay. It is going to (laughs) be okay. Anyways, I was just saying, like, that's something, I had this conversation on my Instagram, like, last year, and there was a lot of conversations about mistaking mania for adrenaline uh, sensitivity, um, which my dad also has, so I got it from him. Mm. (laughs) Thanks, man. So grateful. Thanks, Dad. Um, should we talk about Elon? Yeah. I'm down to talk about cultural stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
Also, okay, I do. Oh wait, one other thing. Yeah. I'll say in terms of just like just because we did the nervous thing Mm. is like, um, I think with depressive stuff, Mm -hmm. there's like (laughs) leaning back in this crazy way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I'm at a TED talk. Yeah, kind of corporate. Um, yeah, very very corporate feeling. (laughs) You said Elon, and I like leaned into (laughs) Elon. Um, no, but the everything of rural ones, though. <laughs> There's an aspect of, like, my personality, which I've had to, like, come to terms with a lot more in the past couple of years, which mm-hmm. is, like, depressive. And, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's just not something I ever was, like, allowed to feel. Mm-hmm. And it sort of makes me emotional to think about it now, but that's definitely a thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> but, um... By the grace of God. But there's, like, I do... Those moments are moments that I embrace now was like reflective and like totally. rather than being like obviously like I do go to really dark places but mm-hmm. uh if I can pull myself out and just choose to look at it from like a detached space it's mm-hmm. like I'm just being reflective and I'm taking the time that like I'm if I'm getting depressive it means that I'm getting overloaded and so I need to create space like mm-hmm. because the thoughts are getting there's just, the thoughts are, like, working against me, which means I need to create space between them. Totally, totally. And so, like, in the same way that we, I just felt like I had to offer that because, like, mm-hmm. I, I could tell, <laughs> I could imagine someone being like, well, they just talked about one thing. Yeah. But there's, like, well, there's more. We can actually get into more. First, I want to yeah. say reframing queen. You are the yeah. reframing queen. Yeah. Um, we could talk about moving through emotions. Something I, and I feel like this kind of relates to what you're saying with, like, seeing where you're at and first off not labeling it as something that's going to last for a really long time where now your life has changed or like because I think what happens is you get a bad feeling I mean this is like spirituality 101 it's just like not spirituality mindfulness 101 where just like you get a bad feeling and then you're immediately like what happened I need to check everything I need to break up I need to you know what I mean you're like it's my relationship it's my job it's my dog it's (laughs) it's my house you know instead of just being like oh it's a bad feeling and you know this happens and it could be hormonal it could be something bigger than that I will find out but I shouldn't make any sudden movements um that's a big part of it but sometimes the next step is like allowing yourself to like perform what that is in a safe space yeah and I've had moments where I've just been so sad and instead of like lashing out to somebody else or lashing out publicly or making something it's like you can really just like be alone and just like listen to like Lana Del Rey and be a fucking dramatic mess, write some cringy stuff you'll never show anybody. Yeah. And I think we just need to remember like the power of like safe performance, like mm-hmm. alone to move through an emotion, which is like, yeah, just chaos, but like contained. Yeah. And then sometimes you'll be like, oh, I really needed that. And like, and there's no embarrassment because there's no audience. There's, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's like if you're works. slipping, if you feel like it's slipping out of your control. <clears throat> If, like, you, the performer, becomes, <laughs> overtakes you, like, I think it's important to develop habits. Oh, it's Chrissy. Develop habits that you can come back to or, like, mm-hmm. little rituals, like, because maybe your emotion won't change immediately, but you'll be like, I'm performing this emo- this ritual, and I perform this ritual when I feel happy, sad, mm-hmm. neutral, excited. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be lighting candles. Mm-hmm. It could be could be writing as a ritual it could be taking a shower or cooking a meal like mm-hmm. but that's such a cool thing where you have like a tangible touchstone of like I'm doing this and I do this no matter how I feel and it's I'm mm-hmm. always the same I, ultimately I'm the same person doing this thing even if I feel wildly different 
Another part of it, something I've been thinking about a lot, is the importance of destinations, which mm -hmm. I think is the same thing as intention, but intention speaks to almost like the beginning of a journey. Mm -hmm. And I've been resonating more with destinations because, and I wrote this tweet recently where I said, um, if I'm stuck on a thought, it's my fault because I didn't give it a destination. Mm. And I was thinking about just thoughts that you get stuck on or conditions you get stuck on. And it's like, ask yourself, like... <laughs> no, I was thinking about something, but yeah, go. Oh. Ask yourself. <laughs> I thought that was the tag. <laughs> yeah. um, ask yourself, like, have I even given myself a destination? And mm -hmm. when you and I talk about the sort of victim mentality, label side of things versus the, like, healing-based reframing, I can maybe control this, is, like, they're different destinations. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. to say, to choose to say, oh, okay, like that was, you know, by the book, like pretty shitty or like pretty yeah. weird or kind of frightening, but I can like decide that the destination is somewhere more like healing or funny or blase. Like yeah. you're more likely to get there. Yeah. 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 And you have somewhere to go. Right. Which is most important thing <laughs> it really is and I the reason I think that's so cool and I love that I think that's I'm gonna definitely use that I I was laughing not because of what you were saying in that moment but I was laughing because I just this today I was thinking like <laughs> that that uh saying that's like it's not the journey it's not the destination it's the journey mm -hmm. and I was like I want to poke holes in that because we don't <laughs> live that way like we live with destinations in mind both yeah, yeah. exactly and like but I love that you said that because it's just, destination is such a loaded word. And I love giving it a couple more. Yeah, I've been obsessed know. with like, you know how I kind of started those like map paintings? Mm -hmm. That's where it's all coming from, I think. It's yeah. like I will, I'm just thinking about maps all the time. Yeah. And I was thinking that was the first assignment I got in contemporary art class. So I'm mapping like a map. And I was like, cool. she's just everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just her. Um... I am Elon and he is me. No, <laughs> That's how I feel now that I saw that movie where I'm just right. like, I just feel like I can like possess anybody. Yeah. Um, I guess we should first say by saying like our take on this is going to be pretty predictable, but we yeah. should, there's, I think some, some people don't get it. <laughs> we should share. Yeah. Um, I think some people interpret our kind of steady detached takes on like celebrity dramas and like billionaire dramas as like we don't care or like we worship celebrities which is so far from it. Right. In fact I think the worship and the hatred of celebrities is the same energy um, when it's really just for me <laughs> I refuse to be coerced and manipulated into feeling stressed about something that I just will never get the whole story on. Yeah. And this is from someone who like bawled when Trump was elected and would just never find myself doing that again. And I think that's something that you and I share, which is like when we say like, oh, like who cares that Will Smith punched Chris Rock and now we'll tell a story. You know, it's yeah. like, it's not us being like, we love Will Smith. Like we're not even Will Smith fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we love Will Smith. He can't do anything wrong. It's like, yeah. what the fuck? How is that my fucking business? Yeah. And, um, I'm not going to be, like, emotionally manipulated into thinking it is or that my reaction is, like, going to do anything in my life or for my body, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> that's how I feel, too. I also feel like there are enough people on the internet and in the world in conversation giving the hot take that is, you know, uh, damning a celebrity mm -hmm. for doing something that m maybe is, like, small, or maybe mm -hmm. it's big, but it's just like on their scale. Mm -hmm. And I 
don't feel a need to like join in on that chorus because there's enough people doing that. Yeah. And yeah. I also feel like the more that we do that, <clears throat> the more it just it just lacks empathy mm-hmm. in the conversation and it lacks nuance and yeah. I just don't feel the need to like contribute to that. But I also like could absolutely care less about any celebrity and I never <laughs> and I like and I'm not saying that they can't do anything wrong. I'm just saying that we are we're all doing things wrong all the time and I'm yeah. not like gonna I'm not gonna pile on. I'm not gonna be part of the pile on is what it is. Yeah. Because celebrities because by like the fact of them being having such a big audience, they're ex- receiving so much more shit than like a normal person. And we're never getting the whole story. Like yeah. someone said tweeted celebrity is theater and I'm like that's the truth. Like, as much as you try to, like, convince me that, like, a good person stands up against Elon on Twitter, it's, like, what, me and the 200 people, like, that see it? Like, I, I just, like, I can't. To me, it's just so obvious. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, like, why would I care, you know? It's, like, if I was in the tech industry and I had a position and, like, doesn't you like, maybe. But I'm literally sitting here, like, writing yeah. poems. Like, you really... And I also refuse to kind of take part in the game that, like having some like really virtuous like sweet take on someone means I'm a good person like I just don't need to do that right I wouldn't punch someone in the face of course not. <laughs> like why do I have to like express that but you know yeah and but it's more so just like I refuse to just be fucking played and like that's what a lot of this shit is and then we all get involved in it like you know it's like and it's also just like a lot of these things are driven by the need for like a constant 24-hour media cycle 100 percent. so that's like, another part of it yeah <laughs> it's like what's the big deal what's the big idea you know and like then those people are living rent-free in your brain because like some <laughs> you know news sources continually being like what do you think kanye is divorced with what cream is like and it's yeah. like well that's not i'll never know i'll never know what the rent-free like. in the brain thing is huge because that goes back to like the attention revolution. Yes. And I'm absolutely. obsessed with that right now and I could change my mind, but Same. it's like I would much rather do a puzzle for three hours than develop a statement on like <laughs> which is what this is in a way, but yeah. Like think about Elon Musk buying Twitter. My other thing, we can talk about it though, and I'm like, what's the difference between him having it and who had it before? Like that was also a billionaire tech man. Well, I think the one thing I will say from like my <laughs> truly shallow understanding of it and I will admit that is like he uh is against he he sees like what Twitter is doing to moderate as like Mm. censorship and so people are afraid that he's going to like basically stop moderating which I do think that's impossible though I I, I just don't know. Because the thing about also, like, this is yeah. my, the funniest thing. So I'm just so like I'm so <laughs> unknowledgeable about Twitter. I have yeah. the Twitter. Okay, and I, I can, go on the Twitter yeah. and I'm like, I still don't understand yeah. where the retweets come from and why these people, yeah. how the conversation works. No, totally, totally. I, that took me a really long time. <laughs> it, just, um, it feels like yeah, I'm yeah. reading an alien language. No, I was Twitter was the <laughs> and last I'm trying, one. I'm trying so yeah. hard now. <laughs> I can present some facts. We can. Yeah. Here's what we should do. So we're first gonna say that. But that's just, like, that statement for me was just, like, there was just different people, I think, also in our reviews that I was, like, you really don't get it. You think that we, like, love celebrities. We're just being honest yeah. about the fact that, like, their role in our life is, like, entertainment and reflection. And anything more than that is an illusion mm-hmm. that will just make me, like, a media cycle fucking freak, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And the attention I mean? thing is, is something that I feel really <laughs> strongly about, too. And we've talked about it before, but it's, like, all you have... In, with these corporations and all the media 
landscape is the attention. That's yeah. all you have. That's your only currency. Totally. And also, it's like, who benefits from us getting online and being like, oh my god, I'm billionaire. Like, it's just the billionaire themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's on, you know, on Twitter adding to their importance. I don't know. It's just funny to me. Yeah. But, you know, and it's like, that could change. I could be wrong, but this is the phase I'm in right now, and it feels pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> I feel more aligned than I ever have, so... Take it or leave it. Um, I also yeah, think, just to clear that up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think part of why people are so upset is because the like Twitter had oriented itself <clears throat> against Elon Musk in many ways because Elon was sort of trolling it, right? And then he's always trolling. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like Elon came and like like a giant fish and like ate it and then mm-hmm. now everyone's like wait we're living in the whale's tummy now yeah like, oh that's so you know. funny that's a good way to say that it's so true yeah yeah <laughs> it's and it's as cartoonish as that yeah vision is that you just created it's like yeah and people probably feel i think some people may have built sort of a degree of their online personality around being anti-elon mm-hmm. or anti-billionaire or whatever but now just participating on the platform is supporting him mm-hmm. because you're like totally so it's like this funny thing of like <laughs> to exist is to like yeah. feed into the ultimate demise of your particular morality yeah. or whatever which sean king left funny. twitter oh really he, and everyone was like sean king is like shitty too yeah. <laughs> he's a weird guy <laughs> he's like a really weird person <laughs> I do remember when people were like, please stop following Sean King, and then some people were still reposting, and then it was yeah. this whole thing. They're like, he's like fake. Boy. That was a moment. That was definitely a moment. It still is. Um, um, so, okay, well, we can present his points, because the thing that's interesting about him buying Twitter isn't so much Elon Musk has Twitter, it's more so, like, the stuff that he's saying that now everyone's reacting to, which uh-huh. is, I think, so there was those three points that I read to you that I can say now, so the first one we can discuss that is the most discussed is, like, um him being like anti-censorship and the first thing I want to say is that you cannot have the internet without censorship because you can't have a free server otherwise you're gonna have like child pornography on there you're gonna have like torture videos yeah and that's like famously what happens on like every like 4chan (laughs) yeah Yeah. every platform that doesn't there always has to be some regulation so it's not going to be like twitter cannot be like a free space whatsoever unless they want to just have it be completely sued and ruined I mean that happened with tumblr where tumblr couldn't control the fact that um child porn was getting into the into the um the feeds into the feeds yeah and it wasn't like i mean i'm sure there was some children but it was mostly just people under 18 so it was a legal issue right right right. it wasn't like a moral issue of like there's like naked babies it was like, like a 15 year old being like this is yeah like a shower like yeah. a yeah 15 year old like willingly like expressing being naked <laughs> expressing um, being 15. but so it's a legal issue of like well now tumblr is responsible for making sure that doesn't happen so they were like, well, we don't have the money and the resources to have such a great censorship bot to get rid of all these titties, so let's just get rid of the porn altogether. Mm-hmm. And then now everyone was like, oh no. And Twitter does have porn, though, which is funny. I wonder how they've skirted that. But you just have to have some censorship. Yeah. And... <laughs> I've hit her ball because it's squeaky, so oh, she I gets see. it, but she knows I have it. I like so. when she's in this mood. She'll, her brain is working. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So censorship cannot be deleted entirely. It's right. not Twitter is not going to become this free place of a bunch of random shit. It still has to have order. It still has to be pretty. It still has a design. Like it's still going to happen. But, and I think most people are like Trump's going to come back. That's oh. the main. That's people's main thing. Is like you're going to have Trump back. Oh, I see. Has he said anything about that, or is that just sort of like? Let's the, see if he said anything. A ghost. 
Also, that's another thing, too, is, like, we don't even know what their conversations are, you know? <laughs> I'm just going to type in Trump response. Okay, I have probably the best result that I could have gotten. Okay. <laughs> um, so some backstory, right? It's just, like, the past week or whatever since Elon bought Twitter. The main conversation has been, like, I'm going to leave because Trump is going to come back and then all the QAnon people are going to get ramped up. So this is a Fox News article from three days ago, which I have not seen anywhere. Uh, I am not going on Twitter. I'm going to stay on Truth Social, (laughs) Trump told Fox News. I hope Elon buys Twitter because he'll make improvements to it and he is a good man. But I'm going to be staying on Truth. Trump told Fox News he will begin truthing over the next week. (laughs) Okay. Plot twist. That's so funny. I also love that. Okay, you know that meme girls thing where it's like, stop trying to make fetch happen. Yeah. It's like literally stop trying to make truth social happen. Totally. Truth social is his his social media platform. Yeah. Also, I saw this this morning, but Elon Musk this morning tweeted um, about truth social. Hello, he minions. Said. That's what he said. <laughs> That's what it is. Everyone's like, oh my god, we're now minions. He looks like the minion guy. He does, yeah. Um, I'm not against being a cute little minion. Schminion. Elon Musk. I'm also just like, you guys, you were minions before. Like, you were so That's my whole thing. thing. I don't understand them being like a tech billionaire. And I'm like, the Twitter guy was a tech billionaire. Yeah. Like, we don't even know what's going on. Like, the tech people. Also, Jack. <laughs> it's, it was Jack, right? That's at Jack. That's the Twitter guy. Yeah. Jack Dorsey. He, Jack Dorsey. <laughs> like, he was almost more. People who are billionaires that are sort of quiet about things are almost mm-hmm. more freaky because there's no. Uh, we don't know him. We don't know what his deal is. And he's more of like a corporate ghost, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like a lot of like CEOs just run things however they want and mm-hmm. like turn into whatever they need to for the right situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what he was doing. He was supposedly like a little bit more libbed, but like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the, the thing about Elon Musk CEOs, is that you can't, he's just another one of those people that's like not he like fits in in both things like he's one of the number one donators to the aclu which is like Mm. proven and it's Mm. like that's a very like left thing to do and it's like then he's a billionaire which is apparently a very right thing to do and it's like i just think he's one of those people that can't be it's almost like the will smith punch it's like he's kind of has his foot in both and i think he does that on purpose also um he donated, like, some billion amount of dollars to the UN for their food. Okay, thing. this is another thing that's being spread around, is people keep saying um, he promised to donate. Oh, he's, he tweeted. Because this is another thing that I find so annoying, is, like, the just repetitive, consistent take of, like, Jeff Bezos could, like, solve world hunger, but instead he did this. And, like, Elon Musk could have, like, spent that billion on, like, world hunger, but... Mm-hmm. And then Elon Musk himself, like, finally addressed it. I was there for it. I saw it actually get tweeted within the 10 minutes that it did. This was a few months ago. And he said, if um, if someone can give me a direct example of how this much billion could solve world hunger uh, and put it on Twitter and just show me exactly what it is, I'll do yeah. it. And then the person replied once, uh, replied to him, I guess it was the UN. I have to find the exact thing. And they replied, and they were like, let's do it. Let's meet. And he was like, I said publicly, like, put it on. And then it kept saying, like, let's meet. Right, <laughs> And right. that's where it ended. Yeah. Um, no, but it didn't, though. Elon Musk gave a mysterious $5.7 billion 
donation weeks after mm-hmm. to the he dared the UN to show him its plan for solving world hunger. So he, he did do it. He gave them okay, the money. But then so that's okay, that's so crazy because what I've been seeing more than ever is like Elon Musk said he'd do that and then he didn't, but then he did. He did. And everyone's it, spreading the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. He's such a troll. He sold he sold <laughs> over five million Tesla shares. Mm-hmm. To do it. Um Huh. So Yeah, and I think that they haven't, like, devised a plan to use the money at all. That's mm-hmm. the craziest thing. So he did do it. That's cool. But it's such a wild thing where it's, like, again, it's the yeah. media the media cycle. It would be easier to be, like, he did this thing, and, and like, there's a big gray area of mm-hmm. what's going to happen because it, everyone would prefer to be able to hinge uh, their hatred on something, mm-hmm. even though it's, like, Guess what? Like the systems aren't set up, and it's it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. actually, if you think about it, if you really deeply think yeah. about it, it's truly heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, that like that he yeah. did, he did donate it, and we haven't like seen Solve a shift. Hunger. And yeah. meanwhile, like yeah. this is a really important time to do that because there's mm-hmm. a war and there's a huge food crisis. Yeah, it's trippy. It's all it's all very trippy. Um, but back to the Truth Social thing, which is so funny. Um, he tweeted this morning. He said Truth Social is currently beating Twitter and TikTok on the Apple Store, which is trippy. I think it's just because most people already have those two. Yeah. And then he said, Truth Social, terrible name, exists because Twitter censored free speech. Should be called Trumpet instead. He said that about his own thing that he invented? No, he said that about, Elon Musk said that about Truth Social, and he said it should have been called Trumpet. That's funny. It's super funny and true. Um, But the whole thing that people aren't saying is, like, they keep saying free speech because that's, like, a... um, neutral word but it's really just saying like it's too left-leaning yeah you know what i'm saying it's also like okay how do you how do you define misinformation that's like the thing that's like the root of it yeah you know what i'm saying because it's like somebody stepping out there and saying vaccines don't work it's like that's misinformation you know what i mean because it's like saying a big claim about everyone but people who are also getting censored are people who like go online and say hey these are my like actual side effects from the vaccine i'm sharing my personal experience and Mm -hmm. it's like that's not really misinformation if it's a personal share Mm -hmm. it's different if the person says hey nobody should get it everyone's gonna get this right yeah so it's like what's the kind of you know like how do you define what misinformation is in terms of what twitter's doing now Mm -hmm. or what what they were doing yeah and like what he wants to change you know it's like what do we just you know for me i'm always just like it's not that like and I don't even know if this is possible, but we always talk about media literacy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not that everything needs to be censored and we need to like be so careful of what goes out there because I think that can get really dangerous, obviously. It's more so like people need to just get smarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's also a degree of self-censorship where <clears throat> I remember when, like for instance, the people's uh, period cycles getting changed exactly, there was like yeah. a degree of self-censorship and then this weird whisper network mm-hmm. and I was like and then I said something about my effects after a vaccine and someone was like well you know like someone dm'd me specifically and like tried to put their perception of what I was saying which is like after the vaccine my periods got incredibly regular and have stayed that way yeah, and they're usually they're, irregular they're usually pcos yeah. levels so <laughs> Misinformation, but yeah. the vaccine like <laughs> cured my PCOS. Yeah, in theory, I could say that. I could go on online yeah. and say that, but like, it just becomes this weird thing where like if you 
are censoring it or like you're encouraging self-censorship mm -hmm. there's a fear around like just talking about information exactly and that yeah. can be and then someone thinks that like what I'm <laughs> saying is like my period was changed because of the thing which is not true like mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I like missed periods or like my fertility's off like because then everyone can just go into their little corners and like yeah. I don't know I think that's also fucked up and like also like some people got the vaccine it fixed their like long COVID and then some people you know got like heart inflammation like it just the whole thing about it is that all those things exist and how does everyone, like, how do we all be okay with that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How? And it's also, it goes against our, um, <sighs> to censor things. Again, like, I'm all for, like, moderation of certain things because hate speech is bad or whatever. I'm not saying, like, we should, I, yeah. I'm still figuring out where I stand exactly because I don't believe in, like. I don't believe in hate speech. Yeah, hate absolutely scene. not. Um, and, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I was talking to um, a doctor, and I was talking about the like the period thing, and I was also talking about what it was the thing that I experienced. I can't remember what it was, but I experienced something, and uh, the doctor was like, "Well, did you, did you not get a call to like be surveyed about the effects of like the vaccine?" And I was like, "No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I didn't get a call." So it's this funny thing where. <laughs> You know, the systems aren't set up to actually track what's going on. Oh, <laughs> And yeah. it's so sad, but it's, like, it's a very natural thing for humans to discuss and, like, garner information. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, either it's, like, gossip is about, like, actually about, like, spreading social uh, awareness of people. Mm -hmm. That's how it was, you know, in early days. Making and, like, teams. Yeah, and it's, it's, if we're not able to do that, it we become, like, less connected yeah and we become yeah. less unable to understand like you were mm. just saying how many different things there actually are in the world yeah rather than just being like the people who are saying that you know their periods changed are like anti-vaxxers like that that's what happens is yeah. it becomes this like weird thing because you lose like empathy or or um nuance ability to understand mm. nuance i'm totally rambling but i don't yeah i don't know I mean, it's just, it is a complex thing because it's just one of those things where the pendulum can go either way because too much censorship is terrible. If we convince people that censorship is a good thing, then we literally basically, like, give the keys to the fucking house, right? Yeah. And it's, like, that can go from, like, hey, we're doing this to your protection for, hey, we're doing this to control you. That happens so fast. I don't yeah. even think it's, like, a conspiracy. I think that's actually human nature um, to for power if you don't check yourself right to just... So that's a very valid concern, and I think that's the extreme right that's what they're afraid of right mm -hmm. and then the left is afraid that if we give too much freedom then the darkness will just seep out and it'll be like hate speech and, and conspiracy theories and like uh, yeah. what's that movie the purge yeah. energy yeah and so both sides are extreme i don't know which one is true i think both are possible right the truth is always the fucking everything <laughs> everything all at once actually <laughs> so um yeah. But that's really what the take is. So it's like, how do, where's the sweet spot? Is yeah. anyone going to find the sweet spot? Is he even going to do anything? That's the other thing, too, is like, what is he going to even be able to do? You right, know? right. And like, there are laws in place for certain things. Like, he can't just have a free platform, like I said, where there's child porn and bullying and, you know, that, yeah. that's going to go to court. Of course, of course, of course. But like, <laughs> but that's really what it is. It's, it's strange. And what it comes down to is like, everyone just has their own agenda. And like, do you know what I mean? Mm, everyone has their own fucking that. agenda like the people who 
you know, either genuinely had bad experiences with the vaccine or just are really afraid of it and think it's like so crazy or even, you know, it's like a degree. It goes from people who genuinely, unfortunately, were like allergic or had a bad thing, right? To the yeah. people who like didn't and uh, think COVID's fake or something, right? Yeah. It's like their agenda is like, we need that to come out there, right? Mm -hmm. And then that's their agenda because that's their life experience, right? Yeah. And then people who really believed in the vaccine, whether in a casual way of like, oh, this is good, this will protect me and people around me, to people who are really extreme and like this is the only thing that, you know, that works and like everyone should take it and if you don't take it, you should die. It's like, you know, both they go into these directions. Then their agenda is like, we need censorship to get rid of those other people. Yeah. And then the other people say, we don't want censorship because we need to say our side, which also gets rid of those other people. Yeah. And so it's like, it's just a mix of like, like honestly, like personal agendas colliding. I also think this has been such a heightened moment of that because, and I feel like we talked about this a little bit before, but it's always true, is especially with COVID, it's highlighted how much we don't know and people mm -hmm. hate that. People yeah. hate the unknown. They hate facts, not, facts, not facts. being able to like understand something immediately yeah. because we're all like Google search, sucking at the teat of Google, you yeah. know. And like this was an experience that mm -hmm. is honestly, uh, like world shifting. Like yeah, it it is it for once we don't know. We, and, yeah, we don't know at and all. And we still don't yeah. really know. But like at the beginning, remember mm -hmm. how much we didn't know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember how much we had no idea? And that, yeah. that I think for some people mm -hmm. is like deeply shocking and like crises building, you know? Yeah. And it what it comes down to is just people are trying to say that they know. And mm -hmm. rather than accepting we, we don't. And we won't know probably for 10 years. Like yeah. truly, we know some things. I'm not saying like whatever, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> We know some things, but to not be able to like Google something and be like polio is this, and like yeah. we totally wiped out polio 100%. because we like vaccinated everybody. Yeah. Like that actually happened, and we know that because history's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we we don't have like it's like we this brand new thing happened yeah. that was like a variant of something that we sort of like understood, but mm. like was way more powerful. It's like we have never yeah. we haven't experienced that in a really long time. And COVID's not like polio because the vaccine didn't. No, but I'm just saying. I'm it. just saying. Like we. No, then, I'm saying and, the like, unknown is even bigger than even the history. That's what, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And the the virus itself is so unknown because it's like some people get a, a little drippy nose and then some people die. Like, and it and the virus itself continues to shift. Yeah. Which again challenges our understanding of how to react to it in real time. Mm -hmm. Like it's it, if there was ever like a movie plot point. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> this would be it. Like, let's talk about a simulation. Sounds like, you know, we should be pros at COVID because that's what life is like as well. <laughs> pros at COVID? No, no, we should be pros at dealing with the unknown that COVID is. Oh, you is. would think, but that's the thing is people actually want to bury their head in the sand yeah. about the unknowns rather than embracing it. And knowing that they've lived in the unknown this entire fucking time. Yeah. But we do. The, yeah. the unknown is the only truth that we have. It's like COVID is unknown. Imagine being born. Yeah, imagine literally coming out of your mother's You think womb. COVID's hard? Imagine being born in Earth. Um, yeah, it's just all we can do is really watch and like, you know. I just, what I'm trying to say is not trying to be like high horsey about it. I'm just like, I have so I much empathy. Yeah. I know, but I yeah. just want to say like, I have yeah. so, I deeply feel for everyone. Because totally. it, it, but I think we need to start recognizing more about like, that that's what's going on that's like the true root of it not just like totally yeah also like <laughs> it's so powerful to not like react in the moment so much because it's like 
there's just so many things you can't take back. <laughs> I know, totally. especially, with, especially with the record, the like yeah. historical record that is being kept online. Yeah, now. like the vaccine stuff. Like, I'm not gonna like forget the people that like were okay with, you know, the ones that were like deny that people entry to the hospital if they're sick. It's like that's an evil thought. Oh, is that a, uh, was that a Twitter thing? No, and that was something actually. My mom's um, family friend on his Facebook. He was like, if someone doesn't get the vaccine. They deserve to die, basically. Jesus. And I was like, I'm never gonna look at you the same. That's you know what wild. I mean? Like, that's like, <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, of course, that's super fucked, and I don't agree with that. But it just shows you how scared that person is. Totally. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. <laughs> Empathy light turns on. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I mean, all I'm like, how the fuck is this dog with like that right now? Um, but I have to have empathy for her. Covid her combo. Yeah. Also, I'm, the covid combo. That's another thing too. That's like. It really just ends up in the same place where it's like, well, these people have a point, these people have a point. Nobody won yet. But it isn't about winning also. That's the thing that's so... I'm not saying that I think winning is important. I'm saying that the conversation happens in a way where someone wants to win. Right, but that's what I'm saying. It's like we have to stop. We have to divorce ourselves from this concept of like winning or losing because that's just the binary. I'm not saying you're saying that, but like... Mm -hmm. It isn't a fight. It's like a cla- it should be a collaborative effort. No, it absolutely shouldn't. And like, it but should. I feel like people were trying to win, though. Like the yeah. way that these conversations, like the guy being like, "They deserve to die," and it's like, "Oh, if you say that enough, then like you win." Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Nobody's winning. No, nobody I'm not, wins. I'm not yeah. saying. I get that. That's like sort of a mentality. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that like, that's so like second grade. <laughs> no, it is, and I hope that in the end, or sooner than later, people realize like we were all just in the trenches together. Yeah, exactly. I'm waiting for that moment. That would be true winning. <laughs> That's because it would be the, the everyone, the collective win. Yeah, it would be like we were all scared. We were all like in every capacity. And in the end, we all just had to deal with having bodies that get ill. And that's really fucking sad. Yeah. Or more, we had to face our mortality also, together. Also, the fact that we're not as capable as we thought we were to handle really hard oh, things. Oh, 100%. Personally and systemically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, just <laughs> accepting the weaknesses is, you know, it's, yeah. talk about an ego check. A big ego check. Yeah. Thank you for that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, second Elon point. <laughs> um, this is actually the most interesting one. It's also the one that Adbusters highlighted, which mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I love them. Um, but they, Elon is really interested in making the algorithm transparent. And what he means by that is, like, if you get a random tweet on your feed from someone you're not following or someone you are following, and it's just, like, the first you sign in, that's the first thing up there, you can click on something that says why that is in your feed, like, Uh the code that brought you to that content. Yeah. And I think for him... Nerd alert! (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Literal nerd. (laughs) But I think for him that's important because... Um, on a, in a political sense, it's yeah. like we all know that like the left lives in a bubble of like left left leftism, mm-hmm. and then the only right content they see is super inflammatory that they can react to. And same thing happens on the right, where it's like they live in their bubble of like everyone thinks like me, and then every once in a while there's some crazy extremist left person that reminds me who I am, right? And it's like both sides have that, and it's because of the, the algorithm. algorithm. Yeah. You know, it like it gives you what you give attention to, and yeah, it is human nature to like react really hard to something you don't like, and so there's we do have a part in it. But how helpful it would be to click on something and be like, oh, you got this because you know you got in a fight under this tweet, and then now we're giving it, you know. Yeah. Um, 
but it opens a door to coding transparency like across the internet, right. including like Instagram. But I wonder, I don't know, like is that going to be really impactful? Or is it just going to be like another nerdy feature, like you said? Yeah, I could. I mean, I find that really interesting. Yeah. I just do wonder how many. Also, I. This isn't like an ageist thing, but mm-hmm. a lot of people sort of driving these like <laughs> these troves of thought are people online who are not media literate because mm-hmm. they didn't grow up with that uh, technology, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's <laughs> who knows if they'll be able to understand like, well, this thing took me to here, and because yeah. I was watching, you know, he was on Fox News though, and it's like, yeah. and then all of a sudden I'm getting these things, and so you do wonder like how effective that will be for a huge swath of the population that are sort of stumbling into these groups, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they are queuing on like. I'm not even making that up. That's just, like, what happens. No, it's true. Well, it's, like, how kind of, like, you and I sort of talk about this, like, (laughs) the, like, trans hysteria that the right has, Mm -hmm. where it's, like, they think that, like, trans people are, like, this huge parade that's, like, coming towards their door, when it's, like, trans people are still, like, pretty few and far between, you know, it's still, like, a minority, Yeah, but the algorithm probably makes these people think that it's, like, this crazy movement that's, like, you know, when it's just, like, no, you're just, like, you know, seeing these few unique people in their situation and, like, talking about themselves, and it feels, like, (laughs) right, but the algorithm is serving, like, like, every other person, yeah, like, acting like it's some, like, pandemic, (laughs) right, right. You know, when it's really just there's some people that they... <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, no, that to me is wild because I feel like we're seeing in, in real time, like, what I mean, that's a strong word, but like the persecution of what is like truly just a minority and everyone should be able to be like, yo. Yeah, like you're doing your thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like why are we having to make these... <laughs> like the amount of discourse I see in the news about these issues that... Because people are just, like, trying to make life really difficult. I, I just don't get it. And I think a lot of that is from this cyclical thing of what we see and feed into on the internet. Yeah, totally. It's not healthy. Um, should we eat Love to Eat Thai? Um, yeah, we can do that. Because I'm, I'm craving... Because I just want to order it before we have to go at 8. Okay. So we pause it. Um, no. I feel like we'll be... Well, like, Wrapped up in ten. Okay, order yeah. some food. Okay. Go to the tea. We're going to a tea house today. I'm very excited. It's gonna be good. Um, tea house. So yeah, algorithm transparency. With yeah, it just could just be a nerdy feature, or I don't. I don't know. It's like I just wonder how many things are just symbolic, but not like gonna make a change. But that's something he wanted, and then it's something also he's so said. Elon to be like, this will change everything, and it's like not everyone thinks like you. And also, will but, it? I mean, that's what you said that. The first thing you said that I think was maybe, like, the best take when it, we first found out was you said, like, Elon, you're, like, Twitter needs to die and, like, Elon might kill I it. I believe that. I think, yeah. it, I think so. I thought that was kind of the best thing. But it's the same way with, like, it's just, like, everything is like that. Like, even Tesla or, like, Priuses. It's like, oh, it's saving the world, but then, like, the batteries has, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how you always just find out that the thing that seems symbolically better or, like, better day-to-day actually has this feature that's... Well, yeah, because it comes down to the fact that, like, just being on the earth, we're, like, parasites, and the way that we've developed as uh, a society, that's just how we are. I know, and then there's, like, the humbling truth that, like, if we really did evolve from bacteria, like, that's the bacteria MO, and, you know, that's, there's, (laughs) there's science to back up that we're a virus. Well, bacteria and virus are different. 
or but bacteria. Yeah. But both yeah. multiply and just try to dominate, right? Yeah, well, <clears throat> viruses have, like, RNA, which is what's so special about them. Uh, but they're similar. I'm just being, yeah. I'm being... But nerd. they both have, but they have, like, the... Their structure is really just, like... They're... Multiply and conquer. Yes. Yeah. 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 Multiply and conquer. You Unless guys. you're a gut bacteria, and then you're a good bacteria. <clears throat> Maybe that's the key. And therein lies the binary of bacteria. <laughs> I know, right? There is no... <laughs> are you a gut bacteria, or are you... Are you streptococcus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although that might be a virus. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh my god, good bacteria. Are you the bacteria in a dog's mouth? That's apparently oh. amazing. Yeah. Or kombucha. <laughs> Isn't there? Are you kombucha bacteria? Is bacteria the same as probiotic? Bacteria. Bacteria sounds like a place. Just change it to a bacteria pod. <laughs> There's like a kid's play place just called bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Crazy word. Okay, wait, what was the third Elon Oh, the thing? third one was like you and I scoffed at at first, but I thought about it a little bit more. But he was saying the two most followed people on Twitter are Katy Perry and Justin Bieber, and they both of them like hadn't tweeted in a month or something, basically saying like they don't even use their platforms. Mm -hmm. And then he said, does that mean Twitter is dying? Mm -hmm. And I remember you and I at first were like, okay, weird take, like Twitter is way more than just following celebrities that yeah. they tell you to follow when you enter. Yeah. But I thought about it more and he was saying the most influential people are not using Twitter. And then if you go to their Instagrams, their stories are lit up. You know? I see, yeah. So I think he's more so saying like on a cultural level, like what does it mean when the most influential, um, influential like people aren't stars using aren't your using platform. your platform? Yeah. yeah, so that's what he was saying. And yeah, I still yeah, feel, yeah. feel like the <clears throat> thing about that is Twitter is not as diverse as Instagram mm -hmm. in terms of what you can do, and nobody wants it to be. Totally. Like, Twitter is like a bulletin board, and mm -hmm. either you're posting all the time, you're posting your random ass stuff from the day, or you're Katy Perry and you're posting your tour dates. Totally. Like, yeah. And that's, no one wants that to change because, again, mm -hmm. that would just lead to like a weird overstimulation of like more people's brains that no one needs. Like, I think. Also, what's so interesting about the world right now is that a lot of, especially like I think the billionaire brain and like the American capitalist brain is very much like competition and who wins. Mm -hmm. But we're weirdly in a place where there's just so many options yeah. that maybe that's getting less and less true. And I'm thinking with Twitter, it's like, I know people who live on Twitter who are, you know, following a bunch of journalists and... Are always in the discourse. Yeah, and there's yeah. people who, like, you know, like, you and I, like, hardly go on, but yeah. we go on Instagram a lot, and we're... Yeah. Because Instagram has more of what we want, which is a better, um, better, like, video and photo viewing, more artists and spiritual people are on there. Then I think of something like Discord or Reddit, which is, like, heavily, heavily used yeah. and has a completely different purpose. It's so niche. Yeah, Reddit is, like, everyone knows what Reddit is. People go on it. Some people spend a lot of time on it, and it's, like, that's its own platform. Um, but someone who buys Reddit, it's, like, it wouldn't make sense to me that their goal would be to make it the number one <laughs> platform. It's, like, it has its service the same way Twitter has its service, and we're just at a point where we have way more choices, and everyone's kind of, like personality i mean and then tiktok right yeah it's like you know tiktok's like the biggest platform but it's like yeah because it's used by a bunch of kids and teens that have the time right, right. and it also it reminds me of like the micro celebrity thing where mm -hmm. it just it makes it all a little less valid because you know someone like addison ray can be huge but also like not really do anything like i'm really mm -hmm. con everyone's like confused about who she is in the same way <laughs> yeah no that even actually respect uh res the whole uh, more choices thing is even reflected in like 
the celebrity influencer world where it's yeah. like it used to be like you know this handful of actors were the most famous because they were in the main movies for that decade and you could probably name the celebrities like in one go <laughs> uh, and yes, now it's like we all have influencers like micro influencers bigger influencers just people that we watch and see them as celebrities but we have so many options like we can get yeah. someone who kind of looks like us and then we have someone who kind of like has the same ideas as us and we can like this about them but not that about them and there's so many options now that yeah. I don't even know if it's a question of who's the best it's just that like and I, maybe that's better you know? I think I think it's more democratic mm-hmm. for sure um and cool <clears throat> cool so it's like with Twitter it's like okay maybe it's dying amongst amongst the Justin Bieber's and Katy Perry's of the world but it's flourishing amongst the like New York timers and yeah. LA timers of the world which yeah. is its own pod also like I just don't even know if that's a question. I, and that's the thing I think that Elon Musk <clears throat> does is he'll take like a point that like sort of maybe could make sense and then he'll say it and sort of like hinge his his points on it, yeah. his argument on it. And it's just like, I think that yeah. can also be so maddening for people that are actually trying to maybe make sense of something. But it's like... He's a madman. And he's also a troll. Like that's a very a troll. troll. It's troll. Yeah. That's like the most trolly point. He's, he's almost so like trolly. he had to make two sentient... Er, points and then make a troll point mm-hmm. also i just can't keep i can't stop thinking about this jack man now he just gets to like retire yeah i wonder where his place right? is. he probably got a chairman seat or something yeah and then but he but isn't that how it goes you like have a business you sell it and then you just go like yeah live your life unless he starts like what if he starts a uh, anti-truth social <laughs> yeah he just like can't keep his hands out of it yeah That'd he's be trippy because he like twitter was such a low-key thing for so long like I feel like it's been a long journey yeah, for him. whereas Facebook kind of journey. blew up and then Instagram blew up because of Facebook and it was sort of fast mm-hmm. but but Twitter's always been this funny little dark horse in the mm-hmm. race <laughs> yeah it's all pretty funny it's just it's almost like in a weird way like just the realization of realizing that like Twitter like all these things exist and they're just kind of like equally used by different people like it almost makes me feel like it's not all going to hell like things are actually reflecting reality a bit more Mm. because it's not that we have more choices yeah like more choices means more nuance and more of people's like uniqueness (laughs) unique New York yeah like their needs being reflected in the tools that they're given you know it's not just like you know we have more people to look up to everyone I mean the internet is like a kind of a crazy free market too you know what I mean yeah people who would have never had their voice heard you know yeah yeah like that's kind of cool and Twitter (laughs) embodies that in many ways because you can have a viral tweet and have 200 followers Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for better or for worse, you know. Um, Twitter, same with TikTok. Yeah, I do think, I do think, personally, I think Twitter's sort of the worst of them all mm. emotionally for people because yeah. it's all, like, based on language and there's no um, actual communication, like, no real dialogue between mm. human voices, which is where, like, the nuances come in. And so you get a yeah. lot of people trying to break down... <laughs> words that are like <laughs> contact yeah there's no context yeah and you can see a tweet and not know where that person's coming mm-hmm. from and then you retweet it that's the mm-hmm. thing that i don't like about it is if you see someone's tweet 
I don't know who this who this person is, <laughs> and then you see it and you're like, okay, and then I don't. That's why I don't retweet because yeah. I don't want someone being like, why'd you retweet that person? That's like, mm. well, I don't know who they are, but it appeared on, and I think that words are should be handled with so much more care than they are on Twitter. Well, Twitter also the thing too is like much like TikTok, a lot of the motive is to go viral. Yeah. And so when you have the incentive to go viral plus, like, what is it, like a 70 character limit or something really small? 240, I thought. Oh, 240, yeah. yeah. That's still really low, yeah. I think it initially was 70, though. I think they... Um, Expanded it. Okay, yeah. well, like, and then you have the small character limit. Like, it forces you to say something simple and binary. Exactly. Because binary things go viral. Yeah. Binary things are when you say, like, men are like this, and then the men chime in, and then the women chime in, and then you have a viral content. And TikTok is like that, too. That's why I didn't like TikTok. I felt like it was, like, the video version of Twitter, where it's, like... It definitely is. Yeah, people are just condensing themselves to, like, a seven-second... Yeah, I was doing that, too. Like, I saw it in real time. I was like, how do I make this fit the algorithm? And it's like, well, the algorithm that wants me to be, like, simplified... And what got me off of TikTok was being like, I don't want my audience to be a bunch of like phone addicted, seven second size wound. You know, I want someone who's going to yeah. get a book and read the whole thing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is like it inspires you to produce and you, content. And to be more inflammatory as More well. inflammatory, yeah. Get a reaction. And it's like, yeah. It would be cute. No. If there was, no, it would be cute on every platform if you could like elaborate like it was like mm-hmm. okay like the tweet is 240 but like you can click on like a little icon that's like and here's more yeah but then that's <laughs> the thing is people's attention spans are so much more like cliff noted in- impatient yeah because it ultimately like this is the thing is that being on your phone is ultimately an unpleasant experience that is wearing on the body a hundred percent and i think about like i've been i like researched tech neck recently yeah. have you heard anything about that no it's basically like your neck actually is forming um a curve the more that you okay i went on a phone. date with someone that literally had that so openly and it's and they really were addicted freaky. to their phone and addicted to twitter actually. and you can get so you can get tech neck so you're supposed mm. to hold your phone in front of your face but then you can start getting thumb carpal tunnel mm. and so you're actually supposed to put your your phone on the a surface and type and just poke at and it. And so then, what are you doing? You're you're either getting tech neck or you're getting thumb carpal. <laughs> I've like been thinking about this the past week, and I'm like, oh my god, that's why no one is happy on these apps because mm. being on your phone is inherently like destroying your body. Not I'm not trying to be like crazy sounding, but it's no, not good right. for your. It's not ergonomic. <laughs> facts. You know. <laughs> so no wonder we just feel so. Low okay, this is vibe. good. We're getting into big picture territory, which is just don't fucking go into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, go... Like, this is what I always am thinking. I'm obsessed with this right now. And I think TikTok... My TikTok moment really sparked this. Of mm-hmm. just, like... Why am I... Why would I fight about Twitter or TikTok when I could just not do them? Or, yeah. like, only use them for what I want? TikTok, yeah. I tried to do that and I couldn't. TikTok really is, like, a parasite. Like, I really tried to go on TikTok and just post and leave. TikTok but... is... Feels brainwashy. <laughs> I cannot tell you the difference, the very clear differences in my mental health and my days when I had it versus yeah. when I don't. I cannot yeah. believe how, like the stark differences. Like it wasn't just a little bit. Like it was like, why do I feel so great? I haven't felt this great. And like, you know, <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, because I literally, and it happened over and over again. Um, that's so wild. But that's like the big picture. It's like, what? Do, how do you want to spend this lifetime? It's like, yeah. you actually don't have to do any of this stuff yeah like you really don't and I think the internet should be a place of tool a tool entertainment and learning 
And whenever you feel it not doing that, whether it's within the moment, like you're in that moment on your phone, you've been on it for an hour and you're starting to like see stupid shit. Or if it's like in a lifetime of like, wow, TikTok does not make me learn, feel good, or isn't a tool. It's like, Mm -hmm. then delete that app and never use it, you know? And in the age of choice, you don't need TikTok. You don't need Twitter. You know what I mean? You could be a Discord baby. You could be a Reddit baby. You could do none of those things. Yeah. You can still have a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I just, and I think it's so revolutionary to remember that there are options, you know? Just like how, you know, our generation was TV dominated, and mm-hmm. yet you and I somehow never had a TV in our house. <laughs> like, Whoa, I you know what TV. I mean? I lived on TV. No, I mean us in our early 20s. Oh, oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like, we somehow just never <laughs> oh, cared. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be lying. Like, you just, you don't <laughs> have to do it. You don't have to do the thing. No, absolutely. And it's a funny thing, too, where the TV thing is interesting, because we all grew up, like, you know, with our cable shows, or, mm-hmm. like, we all had our little programs, and... That went away in so many ways. It's still there. But you think about how relevant Instagram feels now. Mm -hmm. Like, pure Instagram influencers. I'm talking about people who that's solely what they do. Mm -hmm. I wonder where that will go. Because we we still have TV. We still have cable programming, right? Mm -hmm. But it's morphed into something else. And it's become less important. And it's not as valuable, like, monetarily in so many ways. Mm -hmm. And it's less funded. Like, I just think that's so trippy. Because it's such... just the nature of the world is to change. So, like, mm-hmm. I do think... I don't think Instagram is forever, right? No, I don't think any of it is forever. And, I mean, Instagram's going in, like, a shopping direction more and more. I wonder what that's going to turn into. Yeah. But that's the other life hack, too, is, like, you know, while the whole world is trying to convince you that, like, you won't make it unless you have a social media... You know what I mean? It's, like, okay, then go foster, like, IRL connections and, like, yeah. do it the old way. Like, that still exists. Yeah. And I just, it makes me feel so good <laughs> yeah. to remember that. Yeah. I remember this girl a long time ago was like, I <clears throat> don't go on Instagram because I always ended up shopping there. And that was like before it was like super shop oriented. Oh, that's so funny. And I remember just being like, damn, like I just respect that so much. Yeah. Cause like she didn't need to, she had a job doing something mm-hmm. else entirely and just didn't go on Instagram. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> I mean, that's how it is like on the island. Like mm-hmm. I don't meet anyone who has like, a big Instagram presence whatsoever. Yeah. Um, most people hardly go on it, and yet they're, like, the bee's knees in, like, the town because they're, like, yeah. you know, have a great <laughs> garden or something, yeah. you know? And, like, yeah, that's still a whole fucking life. <clears throat> and, like, we talked about attention. It's, like, you know, your life is up to you. If you want to put all your intention into a garden in your backyard, you can do that. Yeah. And you can be one of those people that you don't know who the president is. <laughs> like, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend who, like, didn't know my, my most hippie friend who, like, didn't know Trump was president. In, on the island? No, no, um, like, back in the day. Like, oh, okay. Like, um, up north friend. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, you know, I thought she was an ignorant freak, but now I'm just like, well, that's an option. So <laughs> you know, that's up to you. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of funny but it's really funny <laughs> it's just really funny yeah yeah I guess uh closing statements <laughs> <laughs> closing statements um I have mine like I don't know when go <laughs> closing statement. everything everywhere all at once yeah literally yeah
Literally. We could just name that the title. And it's yeah. It's really direct. <clears throat> yeah, everything everywhere all at once. Which means choices. Also, she was choosing. You know, she was like, I need to fight with my pinkies. Now I'm going to be no, a pinky yeah. fighter. Yeah. She had choice in her, in her things. Yeah. That's actually... Yeah. Yeah. That's the conclusion. Everything everywhere all at once, but you have choices. Mm -hmm. Never forget you have choices. <laughs> so many choices, and you can always change your mind. Totally. I'll never forget when someone told me that. I was like, when I was leaving for um, Hawaii the first time, and I was getting rid of everything, and I was like, what if I'm wrong? And my friend was like, can I always change your mind? <laughs> and I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> no. Which is crazy, because That he, is crazy. Not a slayer profound person. <laughs> He didn't give me much except for that. Um, <laughs> loves it. Okay, let's order some it. spicy green curry because we can choose that. <laughs> yeah, we does like a spicy green. Oh, I love a spicy green curry. It's so healing. Um, spicy cornflower blue curry. I need to really heal that, but I think I will now that I've defined it. I've given myself a destination, which is like, yeah. you, you can relax. Well, it's also just, I think it's you just getting hyped about this book, but that's where it's, where it's going for some reason, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hyper-awareness of color. Yeah. It's very odd. It's also like when you're, probably when you're having a baby, like you see everything in that way of like, mm -hmm. it all shifts and you're kind of experiencing a birth. Yeah. It's like seeing, I mean, that's actually, that's just how the brain is, right? Yeah. Like hyper-political people. Let's see everything in left and right. Right. I see everything in what shade of blue is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, thank you. I see everything in Keep underwater moving. mirage. Okay, yeah. Also, <laughs> choosing is movement, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because you must make a choice oh, to move yeah. forward. Right? I know, I've been thinking about that a lot. Choose your stuff. destination. God, this episode's really coming full circle for my little brain. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Choose your destination. Choose your fighter. Bitch. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Fuck. Also, it's just important to, <clears throat> yeah, keep, keep going. But not, okay. not running. Maybe this episode should be called Choose Your Fighter, Choose Your Destination. I love that. And then we're not just, yeah. Yeah. Keep going, keep, keep going. choosing before you. <laughs>